His mother was a God-fearing woman. His birth was an unspeakable horror. His life and death have been one incredible nightmare. But now all that is going to change because Freddy wants to become a daddy. He said that Alice was hysterical and that she was having paranoid delusions. There comes one of them now. You think you could just walk into my house and threaten my daughter? You wondered what you intend to do with your baby. Well, I thought about it and... It's a boy! A nightmare on Elm Street 5. The dream child. Welcome back to the 100 Lunatics Podcast. It's been a while. We missed you. We missed this. Hopefully you missed us. I am the Horror Explorer, your host, Daniel. He may not be a dream child, but he sure gets dreamy when he stares at children. Nathan. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. And when I said sleeping with the host would get you a spot on the podcast, I wasn't kidding. Welcome back, Jonathan. Death? (laughs) No, we're too late now. God damn it. Guess what, guys? We're on number five. A Nightmare on Elm Street 5. 1989's The Dream Child. Mm. People did that's, not like this one. What went wrong? Not what they I don't understand it. it. That's not what they called it. It's not A Nightmare on Elm Street 5. It's just Nightmare on Elm Street, colon, The Dream Child. Also, no uh, quote intro this time. Yeah. Did you notice that? I, I and I would like that. to stress here, I would like to stress that this is not... It isn't that people didn't like this one. It's that the last one was so disappointing that no one decided to come out okay, for Okay, we're one. back to this again, are we? <laughs> one affects the other. It's like dominoes, all right? If the if the domino before this isn't tipped properly, then the dominoes stop falling. Do they not? No, no. The fans were okay with number four. Robert England liked number four. People like Tuesday mm. Night for some reason. There's the yeah. small following for that. But this movie, it's about teenage pregnancy, uh, boarding demon babies. Uh, it's got some darker tones. There are some soap opera moments in here, especially one scene in particular that I'm thinking of where Mark is just must feel so awkward. But you know, as far as the rest of the series goes, um, not my favorite. So I, I can see why people didn't run out to the theater. Yeah, I I don't I love I love this movie. There's a lot of lore going on in this movie, and it all checks out, which we're gonna go through inch by excruciating <laughs> inch. But I could see Jonathan turning on the franchise just a little bit, just watching over his shoulder, hovering over his shoulder while he watched this. I'm gonna announce right now that this movie was better than the fourth one. Oh, go fuck yourself! Oh, see, I told you we couldn't predict what this guy's gonna what think. What the fuck, really? Are you kidding me? This guy's off the, the rails. The fourth one is fucking terrible, dude. The fourth one is awful. That where he's karateing, fighting himself. Come on, <laughs> the invisible Come fight on. scene. Yeah, there are some. There are some moments in number four where I really struggled. Where I just 
really didn't, you know, this one was, you know, fucking way out there. And if I had to watch this one again, maybe I'd change my mind. But <laughs> this one, you know, this went on some sort of roller coaster in Dreamland that, uh, I don't know, when you really think about it, it is about dreams, isn't it? So they were doing some interesting things with dreams here. So be it. Whatever. I can accept that a hell of a lot more than I can accept the atrocious <laughs> acting in the fourth one. It was fucking horrible. Oh, was God. the acting in this one any better? <laughs> Sorry, are, are you saying you don't like four? <laughs> Am I saying I don't like four? Yeah, it seems like you didn't like four. I'm saying that four, the fact that it made the most money, is a real testament to the audience uh, of this movie. That's why I have to hang on to my to my theory about you know dominoes falling and and one one movie's success affecting the other because the number three actually did have some merit. So I would have to say that in order for number four to be as successful as it was, it was surviving off of the hype of the previous movie because otherwise it makes absolutely no sense for it to have had the success that it had. I'm sorry to say. Nathan, did you also like Jonathan go in and read the IMDb trivia after you watched the movie? Uh, yeah, I read the trivia briefly, but and I didn't look at this guy's filmography. I only heard that, you know, he, he popped off the movie in four weeks and four editing weeks, so oh, they yep, gave him Predator yep. 2 as a congratulations. That is exactly right. That's quite the backhanded congratulations, though, isn't it? You know what, though? At the time, Predator was a big fucking deal, all right? Predator was 87. Predator is one of the most classic, I guess, horror sci-fi movies. It is... Oh, oh no. I, I totally is, agree with you about great about the movie Predator. You know, it's great sci-fi classic. Uh, great. Then transport yourself to that time where being given the sequel to one of the greatest movies made at, at, at the time would have been a very, you know, complimentary thing to do. Wait, did they have to turn around Predator 2 in eight weeks? Is that why they gave it to him? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. We're talking about Stephen but, Hopkins, and Predator 2 isn't the only notable thing on here. He also did Judgment Night. Oh, that was good. Is, I like oh, that one. fuck off. Blown Away? Not so good. Yeah. The Ghost in the Darkness? I like that one, actually. I really did like that movie. Lost in Space? Is Under that the one Suspicion? With, wait, Lost in Space, is that the one with Joey from Yes, Friends? it is. Oh. With LeBlanc. And the last notable one is The Reaping. Didn't that have a uh, swank? Yeah, it did. <clears throat> but okay. But if you watch this movie, um, the imagery and the direction of it, there's, you know, there is some substance there. The guy isn't, you know, totally useless, especially if he did it in four weeks. I mean, it's not Soderbergh knocking off traffic in 28 days, but it's definitely has some decent... Uh, some decent shots nope. for the amount of time he had. You know what was decent? Your cockstroking of Soderbergh right there. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Could you hear me rolling my eyes making a jerk-off motion? <laughs> I'm saying knocking off traffic in 28 days is a, a fucking accomplishment. Even the writer for this. The writer for this is the same writer as Daylight with Stallone. Which oh. writer? Leslie Boehm. Daylight and Dante's Peak. Did you oh. not read all the writing things about this? That there was... Right, this went through like a writing torrential fuck over until it got to its final form. So why are you bringing up any of the writing in this? This is just a hack job. Don't don't try to pay credit or pay due to any of the writing for this movie. Jesus Christ. No, no, I was was trying to instill a nice banter where we could all make fun of this person for a while, but we can just drag it down and get really serious about it. That's fine. (laughs) I like to set a really bland tone as we step forward. Okay, you know what? I will say that this is the most established director that I've seen touch a nightmare on elm street movie 
Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. No, I'm glad that this is one of your favorites because it's one of mine too. Can I? Can I? <laughs> can I ask a question? <clears throat> to the walkthrough. <laughs> no, I want to ask a question before you go there. Okay. <laughs> About the director. So after he made this movie, did he ever make another horror movie again? Hmm. No, not really. Or The Reaping, I guess you could call that a horror movie. Yeah. I guess. But, I mean, it's kind of questionable, right? So he, he used the horror genre as a platform, went and made real movies, and uh, Ooh, you know, had, a, had a career. Kind of, yeah. To the walkthrough! <laughs> Jonathan, you want to get one in there? To the walkthrough! Jail couldn't hold him. This man cannot be allowed to walk free. And killing him was the worst thing they could do. I'll be back! Now, for the first time, see how Freddy Krueger became an unliving legend. This night never ends. See how it all began and why the nightmares will never stop. You're dead! Big deal! On the next episode of Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Nightmares. Saturday night at 8 on 21 and only KTXA TV. All right, we've already said... There's no little quote, no cutesy thing from Poe or from the Bible. The, the Bible last time? The the book of Job. Yeah, the book of Job. That is correct. Do we have to talk about the fucking credits all the time? I didn't recognize Alice at all for the first little bit. Is she blonde this time around? No, she's only yeah. blonde. Wouldn't she only blonde like in the shower? Seemed like it. She was body much hotter double. in the shower. Obvious, obvious body double. I know, but much hotter in the shower. The, those breasts were sweet. And then when she like crashed out on onto the dreamscape and broke through the wall, she was naked, mm-hmm. and everybody from the past to the present was rubbing their hands together. Here we go, here we go. She's gonna stand up. She's gonna run around in Dreamland against Freddy. She's gonna be totally nude. This is gonna be awesome. <laughs> Boom, none clothes. No, nope. thanks a lot. Yeah, nope, none of that. Bullshit. And just a quick question at the very, very beginning when it's like all the, this like the twilight on their undulating bodies as the credits go through. What mm. part of the body were we looking at? I'm not sure. It was like his back, wouldn't it? And like, I could not figure it out. It, I've seen it so many times. Could not figure out what part of the body that was, or even if it was a part of a body or just some undulating flesh thing that they made. No, I think I was playing Candy Crush <laughs> during this part. Right, but she's taking a shower. Shower's not real. It's obviously a nightmare. She falls out naked. Now she's walking down one of those gross, rusty hallways. Yeah, lots of weird uh, settings in this. Like, you can't really tell where they are. I'm used to seeing the house in Freddy's basement with with the huge furnace and all that. But now we're in asylums. Mm-hmm. Right? But, you know, I mean... Yeah, we're in the asylum. We are back to where it all started. We've only heard this story before, right? We've only heard about Amanda Kruger getting raped by lunatics. Right. But that's what we get now. We get all the lunatics. They're just bumbling around in this big room. There's an orderly that's like just lazily kind of just eyeballing them from the second, from a little balcony. Like <laughs> Trying to count. 80, 81. Uh, fuck it. Well, no, there was See? one orderly that was like really trying to count. And the guy next to him was like, fuck it. Who cares? It's not like okay. there's some nun down there that's going to get raped all weekend. Now, I'm confused, though, because... In going back to three, the nun that was like the ghost spectral image walking around was a lot older mm-hmm. than the Amanda Kruger we see here. This right? is true. Yeah. So when does she get to be that old? Let's not get into the chronology of the age of the characters. 
Oh, they it, don't. It just confused me. They don't me. really. Well, that's fine. Th- this these movies are confusing, especially if you try to connect them together, Jonathan. So, so that's that's me fucking up. Then I shouldn't try to make these <laughs> movies connect to one another. We see, yeah, you should. Oh, you should definitely not try to. Connect even though they have characters from one movie surviving and going into another movie, and you know, the I same. know, I know. It's kind of weird. You feel like there's something wrong about it, right? You feel like you wake up late at night, sweating. Why doesn't it all make sense? I mean, yes. that, that has it's, happened, and I immediately... It's not supposed to. I'll tell you what, though. This scene, when I watched it, I immediately pictured Daniel um, just salivating and, and really you know, childishly excited about the fact that they were bringing to life the 100 lunatic concept yes, before yes. his eyes. You know, he was he was embracing it like, oh, oh, what? Oh, it's like a tribute to us. You know, it is <laughs> that that's definitely one thing I appreciate in this movie is a lot of references to her, to the namesake. Yeah. And when you guys wake up in the middle of the night sweating because it all doesn't make sense, you guys aren't immediately followed through with like a big breakthrough and then furiously jotting down notes in your notepad. No, when I wake up sweating, wondering why it doesn't all make sense, I immediately have the urge to clean my ears. Ew. So. It's just what? Ow! 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 Ow. (laughs) So, better late than never. Jasmine's here. (laughs) How's it going? Hello. Well, hello, Miss Jasmine. How are y'all doing tonight? Mm -hmm. We're doing. We're doing well. We're we're discussing masterpiece theater as usual. As usual. Were you off doing another podcast? Totally. I was cheating on you guys. Sorry. Well, I guess I it's better come she up this it. way, but <laughs> it's it's better she admits it, so we don't all have to keep pretending. Yeah, it won't be she awkward probably, later because we came out with it now. Sorry, guys. She was probably talking ones. about uh, something more interesting than Nightmare on Elm Street: The Dream Child. I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, it was probably the Leprechaun <laughs> series. <laughs> <laughs> Is that next? I'm gonna go ahead and chime in and be like, "Yeah, I love this movie because it's awesome." Mm-hmm. So, Jasmine, you came in. <clears throat> We're pretty much at the beginning here. At the beginning yeah, of the walkthrough. I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alice is just uh, falling out of the shower. We're seeing the, the two orderlies counting all the little psychopaths and lunatics. Mm-hmm. And the the lazier orderly comes in and stops them and says, fuck it, dude. There's like a hundred. Let's just get out of here. Mm-hmm. If, the, if a couple of them are dead, really, who cares? <laughs> right? I mean, they've probably some have probably eaten each other. Exactly. It's supposed to be like a holiday or something too, right? Like they're leaving yeah. for yeah, a holiday. Yeah, they're locking up for extra long. That's yeah, they're right. getting out of here. They're now, right. is, was it Christmas? Something like that. Was, they're about to have some time off, and right. so they were really ready to get out of there. It's like Friday of the day before they're about to have two weeks off, and they're let's, just like let's cannot say, wait for that. Let's day to say be Christmas. Over. That's more disturbing. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say it was like a religious. Holiday. Mm, so, like, right? Christmas is one of the bigger can holidays. We just, right. Can we stop inventing things? <laughs> You're trying to make this more colorful than it is. What is this? Is this an insane asylum or is this a prison? <clears throat> it's, it's an insane, insane asylum. Yeah. Okay. In an insane asylum, do they have a gigantic pit that looks filthy that they just hold the ball <laughs> in and then leave? Is that how they do that? It's bad inmates. <laughs> yep. Get loose no, head counts. Yep, they that's do. That's not how they fucking do that. And they just, right? they just dump raw meat out of baskets. It's just like the 60s or something too, right? Yeah, the 40s. They're yeah. all 40s, yeah. They're all locked up. Long time they're all locked up in their own rooms with their with their straitjackets, and that's how that works. Human that rights not... wasn't like a big deal. No, uh, you know, 40s. I'm with Dan on this. I've I've seen Cuckoo's Nest. All right, that that's an <laughs> asylum. There was order there. I, I okay, Nate, you're getting me riled up. You told me not to pay attention to chronology, uh, the chronological order. Yeah, of you're this shit. all into it. Now. And, like, and wait, now you're freaking out about the mom, aren't you? You're freaking out about the mom's. I age gotta clean my ears. 
<laughs> Alice, Alice is in the middle of all these lunatics now. She's wearing a nun costume. She's not really sure where she got it. She's stuck in the middle of all these guys. Two orderlies leave. They all crowd around her. And you know she's about to get brutally raped for days. No, we don't know that. This movie is drenched in poetic metaphor. All right? All these visuals. It's all dreamland, dreamscape, metaphorical nonsense. All right? That's why it's Sometimes it gets carried away with itself. That's why it's perfect. Because it doesn't have to be perfect because it's a dream. Exactly. I know. It's a really good excuse to be lame. It's a really good reason. For them to change what's really happening to, compared to what to be, could be happening if it were a dream. I just see you try to twist it into a positive no, yeah. it's a dream. perception. That's, that's and I'm trying facts. to twist it's it back. I, I just, of, the, of this scene, I just really appreciated Robert England just being out, no makeup. Mm-hmm. Robert England is Robert England. You get to see he's kind of sleazy looking. Kind of creepy too. Does right? a good job, yeah. Yeah, just that weird pointed nose that... They probably didn't put a prosthetic nose. No, on that's, him. that's his. That's nose. his actual nose for oh, yeah. Freddie. That's what he looks like. Alice wakes up. You know, she's screaming. Dan, it's a, it's a, I like the way they did this shot. Dan leans back, and then Robert England leans forward, mm-hmm. with no makeup on. Dirty Freddy Krueger's dad, I guess, is what we're looking at here, right? Yeah. <laughs> and goes to grab her and like shake her and maybe half rape her, and then just pulls out of the shot, and then it just disappears. Like I don't know. I like the way they did it. I like the way it was uncut. <laughs> it has that loose, vague, like, just woke up. I remember everything about my dream, and now I don't remember anything about my dream. Like, it's got that feeling to it. And I like that. But guess what, guys? It's graduation time at Springwood High. Yay! We made it. No one cares about all those kids that died a year or two before. Seriously, like, all her friends died. And she's like, it's da, da, da. Wait, that's No, wait, that's wait, a wedding. That's a wedding. Why can't I think of the graduation There you go. That's it. Okay, this is automatically my favorite podcast ever. (laughs) This is my favorite one. Here's something. Here's something that is actually interesting about this scene. Uh, How much it was torn up? I don't give a shit about that. I'll tell you what I do give a shit about. Is that at the very beginning when she's, you know, doing the body double thing in the shower and she's she's looking hot. She's looking sexy, you know? And then uh, they get, they cut to this graduation thing, and you're like, oh, my God, she's the ugly one. Yep. <laughs> she's the ugly one of the group. Holy shit. And then I realized that's the same actress as the last movie. This is Alice from the last movie. Oh, yeah. okay. All right, I'm with you. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's when oh. it kicked in? <laughs> yeah. All right. You oh, have not this level. Retry. And she's the hottest. You guys like Yvonne? No. And I, I'm... I actually thought Alice was the hottest one of this group. Like, better than... No. Uh, what about Greta when she no, talks no, through her teeth? No, no, no. Nurse your teeth for the paparazzi. <laughs> the, hottest, the hottest is that uh, girl... Mark? ...that uh, walks behind Yvonne in the locker room of the <laughs> swimming pool in the pink one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The one the, not wearing the competitive the, swimming bathing suit at all. Yep. The one piece with the really crazy angles. Uh-huh. She was the hottest. With the waist that cuts hot above the belt? Yeah. Yeah. No, it gave complete form to everything. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Greta, um, I don't know, that whole model thing. I, the, the mother from across the the way during the graduation. <laughs> That's not what models eat. <laughs> You're going to have to throw that up later. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, what is it? The cover cover girls don't uh don't eat that or whatever. Yeah. Just awkward. This whole this whole graduation scene almost felt like a dream itself. So this it this did. whole movie it, continues it this whole you know That's weird... why it's brilliant. Because mm. they actually aren't really doing like... Because a lot of movies do that. They do the dream sequence, and it always is like, you can't tell. They do the dream sequence first, so you can't tell if it's real or a dream. And then they wake up, and well, you see the dream. But then, in Freddy, see. you're still dreaming. So there's another dream Does, inside that dream. Now, Jasmine, you keep throwing around that word brilliant, and I don't think it means what you yeah. think it means. No, it's, see, that's just it. Her, her positive twist and her brilliance... Uh, Lots thing. of brilliant, just loosely yeah. thrown around in conversation but, right but, now. But the comments, the, the, common, the complimentary comments that she's making, um, that is actually the angle that you have to take with this movie. Well, like, there's no other way for this movie to be redeemed. Well, now all suspense, a lot of suspense movies are that way. Yeah, but that's not... the thing. You're like, you're, they're dreaming, and you can't tell the dream. You think it's real. Everything seems real, and then they wake up, and you're like, oh, it's a dream. Okay. Yeah, but no, Nathan's trying to get away with something right here. He's <laughs> trying to say, yeah, I mean, what else can you do except just be indifferent? Is to take this angle. There's no angle, <laughs> Nathan. These are genuine reactions yes. and feelings. No, this is this is an angle. To a horror you, classic. No, I'm not gonna lie, it is an angle, if but you that's take the, the best... angle they were going for. <laughs> the angle they were take... going for, and okay. they got it. Well, if, if you keep calling this movie brilliant, you're going to give me horrible indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> what well, we need to do is... Break out is the it, tongues, Nate, because it's happening. Break out the is address the, the real thing about what's going on here, okay? They're trying to play off the dreamscape, okay? But they're not really bringing you into any character's emotional conflict. And this whole dream master bullshit and dream child bullshit isn't really selling me. You have to go back in time in the series to number two, the the best movie of the series, where, you know, they do the same thing. They come at it from a dream angle, but they make it all about, you know, Jesse's uh, psyche and and breaking down his mind and Freddy slowly invading his body and his and his uh, his whole world. Now, two was the hyper homoerotic one, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. No. 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 Two was the style. only one. That made sense from beginning to end with a logical, you know, timeline and streamlined with the whole dreamscape concept and psyche of dreaming and this, you know, now we're getting into this huge yeah. on on the good versus saying, evil on the branch on the tree of Freddy's powers that weak little branch that didn't branch out any further. That's Freddy trying out his powers in number two. Okay, and the beautiful plume that is the rest of the tree is parts three, four, and five. How Which the is fuck Freddy's am I power that? is advancing. Exactly. Getting stronger How? and his power is changing. What is this no, no, tree? continue. What, what is this tree with branches? What? No, I'm saying <laughs> this movie is trying to play off the dreamscape angle. And it, it, it makes it glosses over reality so that the whole thing feels like a dreamscape. And you say that's brilliant, Jasmine. Yeah, Bad and dreams. I say that, yeah, you got to sell that hard because that's all this movie has going for it. All the Freddy movies are about dreams. That's the point. He gets you in your dreams. It's about the dreams. It's about your dreams feeling real and then them actually being real because you're dying in your dreams when Freddy gets you. Yeah, well, but in one movie, what he does to you in the dreams, you wake up and it actually happened to you. And in another movie, it, it doesn't work that way. And all of a sudden you're confused about how it works and you just have to kind of give in to the whole... They all work it's that a, way. It, it's like, a no, dream excuse. Well, I, I, have, I have a really important question that I need to ask everybody because <laughs> this is another thing that was bothering me. Why the, why does Yvonne have swimming practice after the school year? Exactly. 
I'm glad that you brought that up. That somebody else noticed that. Summer Olympics? <laughs> no. School year's <laughs> over. Yeah. She has a key to a gym. Yeah. Right? Yeah, she's still practicing. And they're like she's seniors, the... right? They graduated. So they're done. They're school. done. So it's not like they're coming back next year and they're practicing in the summer. No. And it's she's her like... and one other girl that make up the entire team, apparently. Yeah, what the fuck is she doing at the pool? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she said Thank she's you, taking mate. swim practice by herself. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I must have been playing Candy Crush. <laughs> <laughs> right. But to, let's get back to what we were talking about. Right, the we are so fucking sidetracked. It is the graduation party. We're supposed to use this time to understand that you know Dan and Alice, they're going to go on a vacation together after graduating. They're going to go to France. Paris. Paris. He, he could only get coach tickets, though. Right? Yvonne is take no shit, doesn't have time for bullshit. She works hard. She practices hard. <laughs> Greta has a shitty mom, and she's a model, possibly bulimic or anorexic. It's the coke. Okay. They kind of hint at that, maybe like a deeper um, problem with her father. The father's not there. Maybe he raped her or touched her, and now he's in prison. We don't know. We can only do what we all we love can, to do, which is assume. We can only assume that he brutally raped his daughter, and now he's in prison. Right. Yeah, makes sense. These movies get way more interesting after listening to Daniel talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all grouped up. This this whole scene was chopped apart real bad. They took out a lot from this scene. They're supposed to be a valedictorian speech. They're supposed to be little side conversations happening so that you know what everyone's getting ready to do for the summer. Kind of give you a better idea what the characters are. Totally chopped down. And then everyone gets together to take a really awkward graduation photo. Well... Okay. That includes the scout, the football scout that's there for Dan. I noticed that. He stumbles into the photo and just sits down in the front. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy? Dan's not even interested. And by the way, Dan's dad is creepy as shit. Oh, yeah. Like, Dan's dad looks at Alice and he's like, oh, looking sweet. What the fuck, dude? Like, that's there's a lot of really creepy fucking weird shit happening in this movie. There is. And, and not the way it's intended. You know, like not horror film creepy shit. This is like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like ra- rapey. Yeah, lot, I mean, yeah. And this is and this is our last Nightmare on Elm Street movie before we kick over into the new decade. And if Mark isn't proto grunge, I don't know what is. I don't know what that the man fuck is wearing him. some power patterns throughout this entire movie. He's like the. Zach Morris before Zach Morris. Mm-hmm. He's he, ugh. <laughs> we forgot about Alice's dad. Oh yeah, drunky. Yeah, is that the same actor? Is that the same actor? It's the same actor. Same actor. Mm-hmm. Drunky going yep. to AA meetings now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Alice was sad that her dad didn't show up for graduation when all her friends are off talking to their parents. And I think he's a better actor in this movie. He's that creepy he's just, guy leaking in his the back. His lines are better anyway. Back there. Yeah. And her dad, yeah, her he's dad's just slinking around in the back, hiding behind, behind the bleachers. I think he's he's better at being sober than he is at being an alcoholic from an acting standpoint. Because as as an alcoholic, he was awful in Number Four. Like he was just it just seemed irrational and unnatural. It must have been the writing. Run in, run in. <laughs> it's so after the pictures taken, what Alice is going to work at the diner where she still works. Yep. Yep. Right. And she goes through a park, and then we have the creepy jump rope girls. Nathan's doing the favorite. Rhyme. Oh shit! Not anymore. It's just it's been abused. It's it's done. It was used the best in number two, and ever since then it's been downhill. <laughs> <laughs> and so Alice is not asleep 
when she gets transported into this dream world. She's walking oh, through she's a totally park, awake. right, which is wide awake, and Damn now she's children. just you know the park turns night and the she, she goes into some asylum, right? And just this is this is around. why it feels entirely like a dreamscape the whole time. It's because he's he's edited it so that it all blends together into one big dream. Yeah, because this transition is really really smooth. They do edit it well so that it kind of dips from one thing into the next. She's walking through the park. It's the middle of the day. Sees the jump rope girls. Suddenly it's twilight. Suddenly it's dark. Suddenly she falls through the bushes and boom, she's on the the the, the asylum right. The yeah, on the, the stairs. Asylum. But I already complimented the director on his uh, transitions and his. His, his shots that he did and that's you know it's, it's very evident from his film career that he's gone on to do bigger and better things right and then um the, my question about this is that wasn't from part three wasn't the tower that amanda Kruger died in just like the unused wing of this working running hospital yeah now it's some like castle huge it's thing sprawling abandoned complex that's by itself on this like transylvania-esque landscape yeah, I didn't understand that. I was like, just a couple, just like maybe two or three years ago, there was a bunch of kids in that hospital, and, and a happy go, happy go lucky Lawrence Fishburne back. running around. Why are we trying to find continuity? Okay, it's the same reason why Langenkamp's house is now Freddy's house and has been for a couple couple movies. Right, but it could be that because she's dreaming, so it just looks much more elaborate than it actually is. Maybe it could be. Yeah. Oh yeah, we could blame it on dream perception and dreamscape. That's a good idea. I'm still wondering where the fuck all the hypnosil is. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> but this was a really cool scene. The it goes into well, I mean, it does the stroller and the foreshadowing with the stroller and all that stuff. But then it goes into the birth of Freddy. Yeah. Suddenly she's walking the hallway and then bam, she's on a gurney. She's screaming and kicking to be let go. No one's holding on to her. No one. <laughs> no one at all. She could roll off immediately as soon as she, she starts to. to roll off though. Someone grabs her. <laughs> exactly. As soon as she's like, oh, maybe I should just turn. There are people there. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> nurses doctor. and doctors holding her down. She's freaking out. The camera kind of pans around everyone's faces that's surrounding the gurney. And then we notice that Alice is standing in the crowd looking down at the gurney. Oh, Alice isn't on the gurney anymore. Now it's a young Amanda Kruger. And young Amanda Kruger is freaking out. Why is this happening again? Mm-hmm. Clue. Wink, wink. Again. <laughs> How many times has she been raped by these hundred lunatics? How many times has she birthed Freddy? Birthed Freddy, seriously, right? It's happened again. What is? Yeah, can I just ask what the fuck is going on? Crazy shit. This whole scene is like okay, so they gave birth to this weird Freddy-looking baby, and that Freddy-looking baby goes into a church, and all <laughs> of a sudden the church is giving birth to Freddy as an adult again, or Freddy as an entity, or whatever you want to call it. He says, it's a boy, all cheesy. It's a boy. And um, and now he's back. Like, I don't understand how this is a... Where's the... What do you mean? You just what? explained it perfectly. He rebirthed himself. It happened. Yeah, little little demon is... baby crawls into Freddy's sweater from the, the church in part four, right? Same yeah, church? the church where he dies in part four. And, and this is the first time I've ever oh, seen... Oh, okay. So that's the logic, is that he crawls into his sweater yeah. from where he died before? Look, dog piss fire, he... demon baby crawls into a sweater. Freddy's back, <laughs> right? And this is the first time I've noticed Freddy with, like, the gumby, elongated, like, 
exaggerated hands and feet and arms and shit. Like yep. he he obviously doesn't have human proportions. Yeah, at first that confused me, especially his weird little like flipper foot yeah. when he gets thrown off of the podium. But I th- I noticed that little baby Freddy has flipper foot too, and like maybe he just wasn't fully transformed yet. So it's just huge flipper foot that would now shrink back into normal human. Foot. Yeah, and then what's well, like the transformation of him from baby Freddy to real Freddy? Yeah, it wasn't. He was like ninety nine percent done. You know, A little clock was spinning. I know how big that this... foot was. It was way more, way less than ninety nine percent done. It was like. At, at this point, I, I kind of had my mouth, agape. Okay. <laughs> are, are you back on Steven Soderbergh? I didn't really. <laughs> are you saying I'm gonna put a cock in there? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for catching that. Okay, go fuck yourself. Um, this whole scene with this Freddy thing, like I kind of came to an, an epiphany. All right, with the little baby Freddy crawling into the sweater and becoming Freddy again. Blah. I was like, wow, you really need to. Wipe the slate clean when you watch the next Nightmare on Elm Street movie because you just have to let go because these it, it it's ridiculous. Like, this is ridiculous. You don't have to let go. No, no, no. You do. This is ridiculous. He, you, oh, like, you guys saw how he died movie. in the last movie? It's not like real. It's a movie. It's not supposed to be one hundred percent accurate. No, no, no. This checks out. This has to kind of make sense. This checks out. It resets. Itself. It resets with a bunch of random new friends. I mean, you think that yes, the girl... The, we do people know the Elm Street... You know, a girl who friends. has... And we know the Elm Street kids are good at making new groups of friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they make new groups of friends so they can kill them all <laughs> off. Right. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Freddy's been laying dormant. A couple of years. A couple of years, right? He has found a new way through Alice. At this point, we don't know, but there is definitely a reason. He has found a new way through Alice to have a access to dreams and regain some of his power. He needs to be rebirthed, so he brings in his mom to rebirth him. And we can probably assume that it's not the first time that he's called in his mom to rebirth him. He has died many times. So if he's used to doing it this way... Maybe he's done it many times, which is why when Amanda Kruger is giving birth on the table, she's like, for fuck's sake, again? Again. So you're trying to use the interesting concept that they had in this movie for his access to dreams, to her dreams, um, to justify this scene? Yeah. This is them bringing him back to life to justify their interesting idea slash concept, not the other way around. It's an infinite loop. Fuck off. <laughs> But if Freddy has used his dead mom to rebirth himself before, why haven't we seen that in a movie? We just didn't have time for it before. Now, this one is kind of all about Amanda Kruger and uh, Freddy's history. I love your blanket nonsense that you drape over this. Just And he's died many times before and come back and been reborn many times before. It all makes perfect sense. They only capture the more interesting instances in the movies, but we have to assume that this has happened many, many times before. Mm-hmm. No, nobody else liked the baby scream as much as I do when he's like first gets to the clothing. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what the fuck that was. <laughs> it's a boy. And then Freddie's mom, Amanda. Straight to Alice says how you can kill Freddy. Amanda, Amanda Kruger is trying to tell Alice how to get to her earthly remains. 
Freddie kind of closes the door on her before she can release any more information. And he's like, we'll see, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and just like fades off into the smoke. Uh-huh. We'll see. He's like, I'm back. The uh-huh. stage is set for this movie. Now we can continue mm-hmm. to our interesting concept. I like when he gets his first bitch out. It makes me feel more comfortable. Like, oh, I'm home. Yeah, because in part four, not a lot of bitches, right? Right. It was part three, bitch was like... Everywhere. Everywhere, and like that was his word, you mm-hmm. know? And, and now it's coming back. She busts into the diner. Her friend is pissed because she's been gone for four hours. She doesn't even ask if she's okay or any questions about where she's been. She's like, why aren't, why aren't you here? I gotta go. And she leaves. <laughs> she was sympathetic until she said she was dreaming. And she's like, oh, you're just sleeping, you lazy bitch? Oh, yeah. yeah, now I'm out of here. That was a really long Freddy birth. If she was gone for four hours. It was. It was yeah, really sometimes long. dream time and real world time are the same thing. Oh, you know? true. Like you dream at night and you sleep seven, eight hours and it's like months. Holy shit. What kind of dreams do you have? I don't, I don't really dream. Exhausting, inception-like you know, dreams. Jesus Christ. I've been gone for time. months. All right, Rip Van Winkle. Let's talk <laughs> about mm-hmm. pool party. Pool party. Yvonne, that selfish bitch has managed to bring the party to her. Not only that, she makes herself the center of fucking attention with her pretentious snooty fucking dive exactly. off of the off of the high diving board. Oh, that swim practice. I don't like this bitch. <laughs> no, look at me, look at me. I like, can't quit one unnecessary after school has ended pool practice. Nope. But uh, I can bring the whole party here with alcohol to the school premises. <laughs> they're all having a conversation about how their parents are ruining their lives and they're so controlling and oh everything would be so much better if our parents weren't around, weren't around. isn't that right Yvonne I practice six days a week two hours a day <laughs> thanks Yvonne yeah anyway Greta how's your controlling mother well let's shit all over someone just because they're disciplined and, and, and work hard every day at something no she is not even engaging in what they're talking about she's just wants to uh, brag <laughs> Though to Nate's point, it is kind of nice that we actually have one of these kids that's motive that's self motivated and not being pushed into doing things from their parents, because we don't see Yvonne's parents at all, do we? Uh, we see her dad for one second in that graduation photo. Yeah, pool party. Dan gets called away, not this wearing a, a shirt. Call. Matthew McConaughey of his day. Okay. <laughs> well, it is a pool party, right? They're like, Wait, hey, let's take a shot. We, we have someone crushing the easiest crushed glass beer bottle ever. <laughs> and Mark getting freaked out over blood, and yeah, we no, that's it. important. Mark freaking out over blood is important. That comes into play after. Uh huh. You know, and he's, it's it, it's weird that he has a blood problem or a problem looking at blood because he draws comics. He's an artist, and he uses a lot of gore and violence in his comic books. So they they drop that down, and then the phone call, and Dan has to, you know, urgently go and fall asleep at the wheel. That's right, <laughs> and immediately fall asleep at the wheel. Yep. She is sure. Can like, I just can can you Daniel please just give me this give me this one thing about these movies okay that the falling asleep bullshit is done horribly. It's really bad. People instantly fall asleep in this movie. You mean because they're all really, so tired and stressed out from having to have dealt no, with graduation no, and their parents? Don't you yeah, you're right. Do, no, lying don't you topless, do lying shirtless next to this big swimming pool really takes a lot don't out of you. Also, it's kind of thing you think they know better, which is where it's like, where's the stay awake pills and the hypnorol? Hypnorol? Hypnosil? Huh? Hypnosil? Hypnosil, that's what it was. But you know, like, they already know. Freddie gets you in your dreams. Like, she calls But these on, people don't like, believe Freddy. in Freddie. Dan does. Dan does. Because he's there oh, before. Right. Dan does. He was in the last movie and he yeah. knows. So he should and totally Dan, know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Dan knows who Freddy is. He almost like, he was almost killed. He's by almost Freddy. killed last time. Yeah. Yeah. And when she calls him and says that Freddy's back, he is you know hopped up on adrenaline. Oh shit! I gotta go and and help her. And immediately, so when he gets behind him. the wheel, his mind is racing. He's jacked up. And you're just gonna fall asleep. You're yep. right. Maybe it's, Freddy's it's a, drugging them. It's almost like overload. You know how, like, when your your system oh. fries, and it just stops. <laughs> you just stop it. Just stop it and admit that it's ridiculous that they fall asleep so quickly. Just please admit it. But what's great is when he falls asleep in the truck, the radio <laughs> just starts slamming Alice. Yeah, like really bad. Like they call him a dickweed or whatever, but then his mom comes on and she's like, "An Alice, that stupid whore, slut, bitch!" <laughs> oh my God, calm down, Mrs. Yeah, I know. Jordan. I, I know that you appreciate all of the nonsense that Freddie does. I was asking for you to admit that the falling asleep part is lame. Mm-hmm. And then Freddie's hand comes out of the radio. <laughs> <laughs> do you hear? Do you hear? A glosses mm-hmm. over. Yep. It's the same reason why I'm the one that gets the most cut out of these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting to hear parts that I said, these big diatribes that I go on, and there it's all gone. Like seatbelts start strapping across his body. Double seat How belts. many seatbelts? <laughs> like, like, like eight, eight. seatbelts. And then Freddy Krueger appears in the car, driving a steering wheel on the passenger side. <laughs> yep, while drinking champagne. Mm-hmm. Dan can't move. His foot, the pedal, the gas pedal is also wrapped around Dan's foot, and is just like slamming it to the ground. Like the car's going as fast as it can. Freddy's there, drinking on champagne, spewing it all over the front. Bad year, Dan. <laughs> that was so great. And um, why does he rip his own arm off? Tear his own arm off. Why does he do that? Maybe the seatbelt was broken. He needed a seatbelt. What? So he tears <laughs> that off was the his use own arm. For his arm, and, you know. And green goo comes out of his shoulder. Right? Like Freddy likes his shock value. You know, he just wants to fuck with people. He's like, hey, check this out. Because uh-huh. he's in a dream and he. You know, it was eternal. Yeah, Dan's freaking out. He's like, what the fuck? You just took his arm off. He's like, buckle up. This is the only Nightmare on Elm Street I've seen where Freddy is really big into hurting himself. You know? He's like ripping his own arm off and shit. Takes a lot of limb damage. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because even Freddy himself just realized, wait, maybe I really am eternal. He's been saying it. Like now he's like, wait, I just rebirthed myself. I can do this anytime I want. Testing his limits. I'm good to go. It's like, no. I just tear he my does, limbs off? Oh, I can. He does seem very excited about being back in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's I feel very like he eager. seems more like powerful because now that he's rebirthed himself, I know you're like thinking it may have happened several times before when he came back. I feel like this might have been the first time he's figured out how to rebirth himself. It's like, this is the ticket. Because no matter how he dies, he can just like, go back to that scene to where he's reborn. Yeah. But I think this is just the difference between having a shitty director and a director that actually has a future ahead of him. That these scenes, these, these death scenes, you know, they're actually, you know, they're, they're not bad. They're, they're done relatively well. That's right, because now that Freddy has torn his arm off, attached it to the side of the car, used it as a seatbelt, <coughs> he slams the car into the wall of the gymnasium where, they had, where Dan had just left from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though he had his eight seatbelts across him, he still flies, flies out. out of the windshield into the gymnasium. This is Dream World, so you know yeah. the walls are slippery and porous. And just gets up and walks right back outside to another truck. Yeah, so, okay, all the pain and whatever that you feel in the dream, you're supposed to feel while you're awake, right? Right. Okay, so he's no, now... No, 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 no. That's not a rule anymore. 
No, that's still the way it approaches. It's like how no, it's, it's been skewed. What are you talking about? Well, there were scenes in the last one where they woke up and things weren't weren't they weren't injured where they were supposed to be. Well, okay, that was just Cool Breeze, though. Yeah, Cool Breeze had internal bleeding. Internal bleeding. So Dan flies through a windshield, and he's he's still asleep at the wheel at this point. Immediately gets up, not hurt at all, and decides the most appropriate thing to do is to hop on this motorcycle mm-hmm. that has the key left in the ignition because, oh, yeah. of course. Right? Yep. He knows he's in a dream at this point because he's seen Freddy, but he still has to get to Alice. Yep. I don't get it. Not s- stop and what can I do to wake myself up. Right. Let's get s- put myself in a really dangerous situation. Let's keep doing okay, well, what I was supposed to be doing while I was awake as opposed to escaping this nightmare. What about Dan so far throughout two movies has spoken to his in- intelligence? or his? He is a jock. I mean, it, it did take him a few times through that Groundhog Day scenario in Part Four for him to realize, "Hey, haven't we done this before?" Yeah, I'd say that there's one else. horribly incriminating scene in this movie where it really highlights his intelligence level as being quite low, and that's during the prom when he has the ability to talk to a pro football scout and, you know, Alice, the screwed-up girl with bad dreams, and he's kind of choosing Alice. So. I mean, well, and we are, we've already it's passed... obvious it. you should talk to the scout, right? <laughs> we've already passed up the scene at the pool party where Mark gets grossed out by the blood and Dan points out to Mark, well, it's just blood. I know what it is, you big dumb jock. Yeah. <laughs> just shut Don't your, fucking, shut your fucking face. Don't they do the exact same thing in the previous movie? Don't they call him big dumb jock? Yeah, so I guess yeah. he's a big dumb jock and... Even though he's seen Freddy, he's like, I'm still going to get him. I just got to race fast enough. Yeah. So let's hop on this motorcycle that's a lot safer than the truck I was just in. This very special motorcycle. A Freddy bike. Now, this is awesome. What is a Freddy bike? Wires of the bike start to come out and inject into his hands and into his leg and into his face. Essentially, he's being absorbed into the motorcycle. It, it turns Dan into Kane from the Batman comics. Yes. And the gasoline hub has Freddy's face made out of mechanical parts, talking to him as he's zooming down the hallway, saying absolutely arbitrary automobile-related things. Yeah, fuel injection. Fuel injection. Ah, fast lane. <laughs> what? <laughs> Breaking. In... In my, in, in my notes, to describe all of this scene, from the truck to the motorcycle, utter ridiculousness. <laughs> that's it. That's all I wrote. That's where I think Jonathan turned. That was it. That's all, that's all it took for me to go into Nate's side with everything from the rest of the fucking franchise. It's just ruined from the Dan death scene, <laughs> where the Freddy bike is talking to him and all the different parts of the bike are now like creeping into his body and taking over his body. And if that were happening in the dream, why is it that Dan wakes up right before hitting the semi truck? And he like he's okay. But he wakes up too late to do anything and just dies in a fiery crash. Right. He's probably it's because this this movie is engaging the whole poetic dreamscape thing to a to a whole new level. It is. And it's leaving reality 
way behind. Like, it's just, you have to let go. You really have to let go. But, but one thing I will give this movie credit for doing is the really cool mind fuck that Freddy does to Alice. Before he kills any of her friends, he <laughs> shows them dying. Right before they die. Oh, yeah. So, Freddy shows Dan dying. Right? Yeah, and, Alice is just in the diner. She's getting ready to go make, like, fill up somebody's coffee. And then just behind her... This giant image of like a fleshy tunnel appears, mm-hmm. and Dan is Dan's falling down in it, and then Dan uh, in the fiery truck wakes up and looks at Alice and let's make a baby, right? That's right. So a little bit of foreshadowing there. Yes, but let's just let's just get back to the point of this whole thing. Lowest grossing Nightmare on Elm Street movie because you know they they created this monster and they started to take it too far and, and got it out of hand and it's now to a point where people are like confused about what they're doing because there's no connection to reality anymore all of the rules and continuity from the previous movies are totally disconnected and it's just it's it's like a floating island of failure just no there's kind of bobbing back and forth no there's no rule breaking here um there's rule bending there's rule discovering and rules being made. <laughs> rule discovering things we didn't know were possible before. Oh my god! You know, we've Freddy has proven before that he can control somebody's body in the real world. If he has become strong enough, he has regained a little bit of power. Nobody pointed out the part where the the truck driver hops out, and we get a little like, "Oops, that's not actually Freddy." Like you might it, think it's it looks person. like Freddy. Yeah, it's just a guy in a red sweater and a fedora. It's for no reason, right? Freddy does use Dan's body like a puppet for a second to say, hey, you want to make babies? And then Alice passes out and then wakes up. And who's in her face? Yvonne. Condescending her, talking down to her like, no, no, sweetie, you don't understand. You're dreaming. Dan is dead. She's like, yeah, I fucking know he's dead. I saw him die. Yeah. I seen it. I seen it. She's like, no, no, you're not talking any sense. You know... Is the doctor that handles her is so such a misogynist? Like it's great. He's he so flippantly treats her like a hysterical oh, woman. Oh, women in her condition sometimes get hysterical. Yeah. Well, what condition? What what do you, what do you mean my condition? What condition am I in? Oh, well, you you're just a little pregnant. A little pregnant. Just a little. Just a I love little. That. We are introduced to a very important character right here. Really strange, strange character. A little boy named Jacob. Oh, I really like that name. I've always liked that name. Alice wakes up in the middle of the night. We are unsure if she's dreaming or not. Little boy Jacob is there in his little hospital you know, nightgown. They have a little conversation where he's sorry that her friends are dead, yada, yada, yada. Well, how'd you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you were just crying a lot, so I just assumed your friends were dead. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a little conversation about how sad she is. She pretends to shed a tear for Dan. There's no tear there. No. And we immediately cut over to Greta, who's in her room, actually bawling her eyes out bawling. You know what? She dismisses people pretty quickly, this one. she's She's been a little hardened from her last trip around no. with Freddy. No, 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 no. The last trip around with Freddy, she was more concerned about Dan than she was about her own brother. Mm. And in this one, you know, Dan dies and, yeah, little little quick tear and move on. No like, tear. Yeah. She's very dismissive. She's carrying Dan's baby and doesn't really have yeah. any emotion that he's dead. Right. See, this character isn't written with very much depth. She's trying very hard, though, to, to give it depth. 
You gotta give her a little bit of credit. I wish that they'd done I like a fake tear or something. You know, just give it a little bit more believability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Lisa, can you shake a little for us? There you go, sweetheart. Perfect. <laughs> all right, now use all that energy you're, <laughs> that you're using to shake and make a tear. Yeah. No, can can't do it. Visine? Yeah. No, can't yeah. do a tear? All right, shake some more. This is definitely a Visine moment. These movies, you know. Mm-hmm. You'd have to be a very good actor or actress to, to bring a believable tear into a scene with this writing. Come on. Yes. Yeah. They got... They got tubs full of visine for this shit. Well, in the next scene with with Greta actually bawling her eyes out, I just couldn't take my eyes off of all the creepy fucking dolls in that room. Yo, yeah. She's got a ton of just soulless-eyed-looking dolls staring at her. Just another one of those creepy things. Yep. And her mom is yelling at her from downstairs, you know, time for your beauty sleep or time to throw up or whatever other advice she's giving her. (laughs) She leaves... Her doll falls off a chair and breaks. Yeah, foreshadowing. A little foreshadowing, right? And then now Alice is waking up. Guess who's there to placate and condescend to her? Yvonne. Oh, yep. Right? Hey, Yvonne, I saw this little boy. Uh, There's no little boys in this hospital. This hospital doesn't treat little boys. There's no way a little boy could ever be in this hospital. You're full of shit, you liar. (laughs) There's no children's wing whatsoever. All this is bullshit. You're still fucking delusional. And now Alice is pleading her case and telling her story to all the friends, and no one gives a shit. Everyone is just rolling their eyes. Yvonne's rolling her eyes the hardest. You can feel it. And no one no one believes her, of course. No, you know, Yvonne, every time Kruger's name is mentioned, Yvonne rolls her eyes. And they cut to her rolling her eyes. They, Not only that, but she also has to go. Like, right after that, she's like, I gotta get out of here. I can't deal with this shit. Mm-hmm. I can't listen to this. I gotta go. This is bullshit. I have sonograms to run. I got things to do. <laughs> yeah, and none of the friends really take her seriously. Even though she lays it all out. Even though... Do they not know about her? all of her other friends that died? I feel like they should, especially because Dan was there, and I'm sure he probably shared the story. I mean, they're all, they all go to the same school, right? Yeah. Haven't okay. they heard okay. the story? How about this, right? Haven't they heard you've the story just, of Freddy for years me. now? Jonathan, let's let's do a little uh, a little bit of role-playing here, okay? Oh, no. You're, you're a random uh, kid at, at high school, okay? I'm a guy that you just met. You kind of like me. I'm kind of funny. I'm, I'm nice. You know, I've got a few jokes. This is role-playing fantasy then, okay? All right. And in random conversation after we've been hanging out for a little bit, I say, Hey, so I used to have this other group of friends, and they all died because when I fall asleep, I dream about a madman um, called Freddy Krueger, and he murders people in their sleep, and they all died. Are you going to be my friend anymore? I'm trying to bring continuity to all this. I know you my are. Brain You're trying really needs. hard. You're trying really hard. Why are you guys trying so hard? I've already explained everything that he's explaining so far. (laughs) (laughs) No, you gloss over things and you just... uh, He's probably just thinking about all the editing he's going to have to do. Cutting all this out. Uh, I'm actually thinking of the kind of dark conversation that Alice has when her dad comes home. And Alice is like crying and staring at her watch in the kitchen. Shaking. And they're shaking (laughs) and her dad comes in. With some groceries, and she's like, oh, why do you buy such healthy groceries now? And they crack a couple of jokes about AA and how he's buying healthier food because she's a mom now. And he hopes that it's a boy. He hopes it's a boy. (laughs) Misses having a boy making sounds around the house. (laughs) (laughs) Rick, remember remember your brother? (laughs) He just just plays just the sound from karate tournaments. Oh, just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just to remind him of Rick. Remember when your brother was crane kicking around the house? 
I loved it so much. Remember, remember you kicked your shoe into the fishbowl? <laughs> remember that? <laughs> remember how I was really drunk and I beat you just within an inch of your life because you ruined another shoe? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Downstairs, moping around. He's got the karate headband on. Tears coming out of his eyes. <laughs> punching the punching the bag really slowly and breaking down. He's <laughs> hey, remember that one weird night where you were really, really awesome with nunchucks, but you're not anymore for some reason? Yeah. Sl- oh, yeah. Sloppily <laughs> mouthing the neck of a, a three-quarter empty whiskey bottle. Yeah, by this time she should be like a green beret with all those abilities, right? Oh, yeah, she is. But, you know, her dad is not disappointed that she's pregnant, but, you know, don't go and it be a, a big whore. Okay. <laughs> let's not make there. a habit of this. Yeah, let's just leave it there. Yeah. He's turned a new leaf. He's stopped drinking. He's accepted his son's death. He's ready for anything. You know, you put anything on the table and he'll eat it right now. He's good. Oh, nice segue, because now we have Greta. Mm-hmm. Big, fancy, late 80s dinner banquet, kind of Beetlejuice-esque. Yeah, yeah, really. These death scenes are kind of a little, I don't know, there's just very over the top. Like he's got, its yeah, it's like hes he's realized, yeah, okay, I'm going to bite. I'm going to bite here a little bit, okay? Because it's the only way that I can make sense of this. He must have, you know, have this like rejuvenated rebirth, I'm, I'm infinite thing going on. Because he's very excited. And he's just, just fucking with these people. Like just, <laughs> and when he kills them, he's just like, <laughs> he's so good. You know, he's very excited about it. Oh, yeah. None of these people die from his standard uh, claw glove into the stomach anymore. It's not that. Now he's going all elaborate. Remember when he? Remember when I turned that bitch into a cockroach and squished her? Mm-hmm. Let's do that with everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why don't you have a little... I think this is a, a typical, like, more, more, more producer um, thing here. I mean, they, they were... They were saying, "Okay, let's let's you know inject it with with more of what was working, right?" They assumed that all of the clowny, over the top, you know, Kruger one-liners were effective, and that that's what was making all the money in the fourth one, right? So they they you know pushed it even harder. So that's that's why you're getting all this over the top craziness. Well, the one-liners scenes. were in the third one, so they combined the some of the over to, over the top style deaths in the fourth one with his one-liners in the third one. And here we have all of that. Right. So let, so let me explain how this scene goes, and then we'll explain how the scene was supposed to go. All right. Right. Here we get a little bit of that creep factor you were talking about earlier. You know, the Greta's mom is laughing about how they're mistaken as sisters all the time. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and uh, one guy's like, oh, your daughter, she's got a real body for modeling. And he's just like staring at her while she eats. You're like, oh, all right, buddy, back off a little I bit. I fucking the shit out of her. And then there's the the flipping guy at the end who's like, oh yeah, your friend Dan, wasn't he drunk and an idiot or something? Right? <laughs> your no friend one... had his dad, wasn't he like stupid and did that to himself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Greta's mom is just caring, just laying it in, just pouring salt in the wound. Like, yeah, her friend is dead or something, but it wasn't her boyfriend, so he gives a <laughs> shit. <laughs> it is very gluttonous. This scene. Mm-hmm. Everyone's shoveling fat shrimp into their mouth. That's why I was reminded of Beetlejuice. And um, it does feel like Beetlejuice. You're right. In like an odd, wrong way. They're all getting ready to break out in the song. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Greta falls asleep at a fully functioning 12-person dinner table. Well, she's bored out of her mind. Exactly. No, she's not. She's in a fight with her mom. She's giving her mom the dirty eye. 
like not more than 30 seconds before that and it just i guess it just takes so much out of her her grief for dan's death just overwhelms her yeah yeah yeah, the grief with dan's death and the and the fight with the mom just just saps all of her energy she hasn't been eating she hasn't been eating either right this is true let's let's bring that into account yeah yeah she's been nibbling on you know who knows what but freddie comes out he's got a full platter he's ready to shovel all this shit into greta's mouth Time to eat, bitch. She brings out his little spoon fingers. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a little spoon hey, between his blades. He's got utensil hands. That's how he rolls. Yeah, his, his glove turns spoons. into a Swiss Army Whatever. Swiss yeah, Army it's glove. like a Swiss Army glove. That's how it goes. Yep. And he's just <laughs> shoveling shit in there. And she can't swallow or chew. All she can do is just grotesquely shove them into her cheeks and until yeah. her face swells like a squirrel. What the fuck is that? She turns into a character from Big Trouble in Little China all of a sudden. It just mm-hmm. like swells up just immediately. And and this is part of old horror movies where the because it looks so fake, it is that much more disturbing. Like to me, if she was just choking with no makeup and food is spilling out and she can't breathe, yeah, that's disturbing. But that weird putty cheeks like waxy waxy thing. face look and like mm-hmm. the mouth that can't move and all that it looks so fake but to me that's like extra disturbing for some reason Meh. but that's how it is right the scene plays out and she just gets shoveled a bunch of food until he holds on to her in like a weird embrace and she chokes and in the real world yeah. she's like heaving up and down and it keeps going back and forth like it goes back and forth a couple times between like freddie choking her right and like the real world where she's just like Standing up and choking in front of everyone, and everyone else is like laughing at her a little bit. (laughs) Right. So she eventually chokes to death and all that food. That's how the scene plays out. Here's how the scene was supposed to play out before the MPAA uh, chopped it up so bad it barely even made sense. Right. She gets sat down at that high chair. He brings out that platter that has a doll on it. Right. Mm -hmm. She actually even says, Oh, weird, the, the doll thing. She even points it out. In like the scene that we see, Bon Appetit Barbie, right? Bon Appetit Barbie, yeah. And he's supposed to slit open the stomach on the doll, which also slits open her stomach, and then he's scooping her guts out of her belly and feeding it to her. Yeah, that'd be way better. And she's like choking and stuffing her mouth on her own like gore and intestines and eating herself, and the whole thing's a big grotesque metaphor for you know young women's image and culture and blah 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 blah, right? These girls are literally eating themselves alive. That makes a lot more sense for when Freddy says, you are what you eat. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But too disturbing for people. So, you know, just shovel some cranberry crap in her mouth and we'll get on with it. (laughs) Another little uh, crossover scene here. Alice is making food for her dad in the kitchen while Greta is choking to death. When Alice opens up the fridge, she has like a little momentary vision daydream where everything in the fridge molds over. And Greta comes shooting out of the fridge door, screaming for help. And then Freddy pops out as well and, like, really violently grabs her and just slams the door shut. And there's a note on the fridge that says, die, bitch. Yeah, another mm-hmm. time of Freddy showing Alice, look, your fucking friends are dying. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that I, I, again, I really did like about this movie. Yeah, right in front of your face. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can't do shit. Can't do shit about it. I'm killing all your fucking friends. So it's where she's like, Dad, Dad. And he's like watching TV. Doesn't mm-hmm. even hear her screaming. Nope. So I guess because she's dreaming. She's not actually doing that. She's dreaming. I would like to strip Alice of the Dream Master title. <laughs> because she side. was dreaming right. right then with all the food rotting and seeing. No, because if she was a master of anything, she would actually be able to impact 
some of this or or have a say. Well, she can't. But she's she being so damn hysterical about it, though. She's not actually doing anything about it. She's being pushed down on the ground and peed on by Freddy. That's what's happening. She's not a master of anything. He knows all her tricks from last time. So this time, you know, he's an all-new formidable foe. Except for when his mom comes around. Then he's a little he's a little pussy bitch. Yes, he does. He does react very scared towards mommy. Only because they've created this, like, weakness for this movie. Like how you say they create new rules. Well, this is another, you know, apparently when you resurrect the spirit of his mother, it has some sort of dramatic impact on, on his existence, right? Mm-hmm. It's their whole poetic, um, 100 lunatic, you know, circus that they perform here in this movie. Yeah, and I'm along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. So now we're I'm just. I just want to keep everybody informed that this is what's <laughs> actually going on, not some sort of epic, you know, dance of of wonderment. It's actually just you know, just a circus. So we all we've discussed. But has it come up yet? Mark is in love with Greta. This is the first time it comes up in the movie, as far as I know. No, he asked her out or something like a bunch of times, and she's like, whatever, and doesn't even respond. He's like, well, I'm going to keep trying. Yeah, he has a lot of like, okay, flirting right at the very beginning. He wants to like have her lick his lollipop, and he kind of stalks her mm-hmm. around. He, uh, he's like trying to flirt with her, and she's just like, I don't really care. Get away from me. Okay. And he's and like, I'm going to keep like, on coming. I'm going to keep trying. It works. Well, good for him. Yeah, good so, for that guy. Yeah. So Yvonne and Alice head over to see Mark because they're sure he's probably extra upset about Greta's death. And he is. No, he's fine. I he's just her. aces. He's just, <laughs> he's just skateboarding around the big dangerous warehouse. warehouse that his dad owns. Do we know that he owns it or just works there? Or we assume that he owns it because Mark has all of his shit there. Yeah, right? Mark has like a room there. Okay. Like, a, like a bedroom with all like, his drawings up everywhere. They live in a warehouse. Yeah. And... Mark is willing to start believing in this whole Freddy Krueger thing. Like, a couple of friends have died. He's on board. It's two friends in, what, three three or four days now? Yeah. Okay. I think it was two days. I think they were back-to-back. Strike you is particularly normal. And, um... I hate this fucking character, by the way. <laughs> I fucking hate this guy. Well, why? Mark he's is... that, like, super confident dork. Ma- Mark is one of the smarter sure. ones in this movie. Be no, he's one confident of those, or be a He's one of those guys that, no matter what he does or says, like when you look at him, you know you immediately hate that person, <laughs> right? That's Mark. That's that's Mark <laughs> with the fucking MC Hammer pants and the slip-ons, the slip-ons and the the two-tone hair. Why are you wearing a vest? It's superfluous, completely. Why are you wearing I it? I struggled. I struggled with judging this guy just because, at some parts. I was thinking, you're a terrible actor. And at other parts, I was thinking, you have a strange charisma about you. And it seemed like, yeah, he's, he's maybe a bad actor, but he does have presence. So I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I don't really know what to do. And when he turns into that uh, comic book character he has, I was, I don't know. Everything just got weird. It no. is a complex and divisive character no by by no means did i judge anyone's acting ability in this i'm just trying to view the movie as like looking through a window and and i'm seeing these people do these things and to me mark was just a piece of shit and i fucking hate he's, everything he's about supposed his to be a character that is awkward and has it let I me mean, look at his his place he's got all these books everywhere he's kind of a he's got all his comic book drawings yeah, no, he's he's an artist. He's got this. He's got his own weird little world, you know. 
Yvonne, still not on board with this Freddy Krueger thing. She doesn't want to, I'm out of here. I gotta go. She doesn't want to hear this <laughs> shit. She's got a shift at the hospital she needs to get to. You know, Mark pushes out. He apologizes to her or whatever. Alice decides to stay behind. Mm-hmm. I also think it's weird because like, they just get there. They're like there to console him. They're their friends. Like, oh, I know you feel bad about Greta. They just get there and then immediately they start saying, you know what? I got to go. I'm already Yvonne late. Al- Yvonne always <laughs> has to leave. She always has to leave. She's but she's like, I should have already been gone. I don't even know why I'm here. She's, she's got shit to do. She's got, got to sonograms do. to perform. She's got why she's got she to fall asleep in some jacuzzis. She's got she stuff she's to do. No children to take care of. It's a swimming yeah. practice after the school year. Six days a week, two hours a day. Being an 18-year-old nurse. I mean, it takes a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a lot to tell, Mark. A lot of catching him up to do. So she goes, Alice goes out to make some coffee. And immediately Mark's asleep. Immediately. She comes back. How long does it take to make coffee? If you do it the way Kristen does it, you just shovel it in your mouth and drink it down with some diet soda. <laughs> right. <laughs> but she comes back. He's already passed out. She's extra freaked out because there's a picture of Nancy's house that has been drawn, presumably by Mark. Uh-huh. And his little drawing of himself is walking around in the picture. I really like how they did that in this movie. They turned Mark... Like, they just kept sucking him into the Take On Me music video. Mm-hmm. Right? That's all that they did. Yep. It was just... Doom, do, doom, I, doom, I needed to hear that song doom, in the doom, soundtrack. Doom, doom, doom. But... Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, that. When was that made? Is there, like, a correlation between... It was definitely, that? like, mid-80s. Mm-hmm. It, it was, was a huge video. They did, like, sketch special effects mm-hmm. in the 80s. And Alice thinks, like, her way to get into it is to, like, draw her... <laughs> Her as a little stick figure and write her name above it. So it's like, look, this is me. That's exactly what she does. She and just draws a crude stick figure of herself and labels it she Alice. Doesn't even yeah. try. It's like, well, I'm obviously ripped, not an. I would have ripped him off of the page. You know, just like just tear off the part that he's on. That would have made and sense. Then, boom. And fuck up. Actually, tear it across his body. Oh, <laughs> his live body just starts spewing blood. <laughs> tear his legs off. <laughs> and then we could have had another cool handicap death. God damn it. All the things that this movie could have done. Mm-hmm. But this is maybe the one inconsistency or weird thing in the movie is that she just stands still. She's standing and just closes her eyes and thinks really hard and then is in dream world. Okay, I think it's yeah. like she Why was like, I? oh yeah, I have powers. I forgot I have dream powers. I can control this. It's a dream. Because that's what happens in the last one too is like she's in the dream. She's like, wait. I control this. I have my dream powers. I can put them all together, and I'm running the show. And so that's how she defeats Freddy in the last one. So I'm telling you, in the beginning of this, she's just like stupid. She's got baby brain. She's not thinking. She's all hysterical. And she's like, oh, so now this is happening. She's like, wait, I can do something. I have dream powers. I'm going to break those out. And I'm just going to teleport myself to this dream and help him out. And that's what she does. She's a Jedi Knight learning to be more of a Jedi. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if I give it that. And so, <laughs> and so I don't know if you guys noticed, Wars, so. the tricycle has been retired. No more tricycle. It's sitting right next to the front door. It's broken and crumpled. Oh, really? It's done. Tricycle huh. is done. It, it's, its occurrence in this movie, I think, is over. Uh-oh. Right? Because it had been getting more and more aggressive. Yeah. It had been building up with some trike powers. And that's run its course. <laughs> I really this like the hilarious. tricycle repeatedly falling down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
And Look, all right, your whole consistency with the tricycle thing was off anyway because the tricycle was totally shat on in the third movie and then in the fourth movie it was bouncing down the stairs and you acted like it was an escalation but really it was a rewind. So just let let go of the bike. I have. Bike we can there. all let go of the bike now, now that it's been officially retired mm-hmm. next to the front door. Whatever. End of an epic journey. <laughs> and now we have Jacob being sucked into the floor of the dining room. Not Jacob, yeah. but Mark. Mark being sucked into the floor of the dining room, mm-hmm. which doesn't have a dining room table anymore. No, just a big fleshy tube. Fleshy tube. Extending into hell. And Alice, no big deal. Just go lift him, buck, lift him out of it. Mm-hmm. Was, he was never really in any danger, I guess. No, she's also very strong. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, very strong. And Jacob appears. Well, yeah, they're about to right? they're about to or get no. out of there, and then Mark is running towards Alice. And then he looks at his hands, and they've been lacerated, and he's like, "Oh no, blood!" And he faints, and mm-hmm. he falls through the floor. Yeah, like disappears in a puff of smoke or whatever. Right. And then Jacob's there. Okay. And Alice immediately doesn't give a shit about Mark anymore. Yeah. Right. Mark who? Yeah, Jacob's there. Mm-hmm. So all of her focus now is on this child who she doesn't know yet. Yeah, he just, just shares the name of a, a baby. Yeah, she still hasn't put two and two together. But here's mm-hmm. where she it finally happens. He's just staring creepily out the window or at whatever nightmare landscape he's staring at. And he's angry at her. He's Yeah, he's pissed. He's like, why doesn't my mom want me? Uh, my mom doesn't want me around. Freddie's been hanging around a whole lot lately. He's there. He's been telling me my mom doesn't like me. And then she's like, what do you mean your mom doesn't like you? And he gets mad at her directly. And you never pay any attention to me? You never pay attention to me. You don't want me. And we're like, oh, okay, Alice is the mother. This she, is It finally clicks with her. This is a eight-year-old fetal dream incarnation of my unborn baby. Got it. <laughs> yeah, he's got to be old enough to talk and tell her what's happening. Mm-hmm. It, it would have been better for the movie if that child had been younger. I was going to say, he could have been like a five-year-old and still actually got the point across. Yeah. Because doing all that in like a creepy baby voice would have been a lot better. It would have been creepier. Mm-hmm. And he would have been cuter. Yeah. And Jacob runs off. She, run, cute. she runs after him and immediately comes out of her daydream back into the real world. Mark is waking up on the floor with cuts on his hands. She's, you know, freaked he, out by the blood. He's most he's definitely... He's like, oh, more blood. Uh, he's fast <laughs> out again. Yeah. yeah. He's most definitely convinced now if he wasn't before. Yeah. He's like, I saw that motherfucker. You were right. And, yeah, he's Alice really... is all freaked out that Kruger's trying to do something to the baby. And so she books her sonogram appointment with Yvonne. Mm-hmm. With Nurse right. Yvonne. Right. This is the big appointment with Dr. Moore. And Yvonne has pulled some strings to get Dr. Moore in on a day that he wasn't supposed to show up. She keeps yeah. telling Alice, which actually is, I think this is the second or third time she tells Alice. She's like, how about we just keep this Kruger stuff between us? How about we don't tell anyone? She's like, I kind of believe you. How about we just don't share that information with other people? Because they might not believe you. And she warns her before she goes in there. And they go in there. And, and you know, what does she do? Fucking Kruger, Kruger this and what Kruger that and taking blah, my baby. Blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Please don't tell this doctor who has come from his house on his day off that you think there's a demon in your baby. Yeah. They might think you're crazy. But yet again, another example of Yvonne showing us and finding the urge to tell us, the need to tell us how important she is. Right? <laughs> She's got the key to the pool. Mm-hmm. So there's no pool party without her. 
And now she has the ability to pull doctors in on their days. A nurse has the ability to pull in a doctor on his day off? Yeah, with her mouth. <laughs> like, we need to do a sonogram for my friend and you have to be there. Yeah. yeah, Alice, where would you be without me constantly helping you, you poor pathetic thing? Let mm -hmm. me use all my connections that I've established in my disciplined and illustrious career as a 17-year-old. <laughs> It's ridiculous. And it, of course, immediately Alice starts daydreaming. Mm -hmm. She goes into a very 2001 Space Odyssey moment where she's inside, inside of her own. Herself. Yeah, she's in her own womb. With the baby. With the baby. And Freddy. And Freddy's <laughs> face is like in the her it, uteral lining. Yeah, it's in the it, uteral like wall. the uteral wall, yeah. Yeah. It's Freddy's face. He is the uterus. He's like, I'm taking care of this. Don't worry, bitch. You see the resemblance? <laughs> and he's feeding, he's actually feeding the souls of her dead friends to the baby. He's passing their souls through the umbilical cord. Whenever we're seeing a giant fleshy tube in this movie, it is a giant umbilical cord that we are watching these people fall down into, oh. being eaten or absorbed, however Father you consume baby. souls, by Jacob, baby Jacob. Basically what I'm going to say here... <clears throat> I totally forgot what I was going to say. See? Shouldn't have interrupted me. That's fine. I had, I, had, I had gold. I had gold on the tip of my tongue. And now the audience will never know. They'll never know. Oh, no, wait. No, no, no. Now I remember what I was going to say. Okay. We have no idea that the baby is going to have the same ability or same power that uh, that Alice does. It could skip a generation. You have no idea. You don't right. know, but it, they keep putting these things into place to where you can assume that the baby may have similar powers to Alice. It's already been using its powers, yeah. Yeah. It's pulling people into dreams. It's no. absorbing their souls. It's been using its powers. It's in a dream state, and Freddy's using that dream state to get to Alice, and Alice is trying to defend it but with her dream master power. But it's also Alice's friend to the baby's dream state power of pulling other people into dreams. Mm, no, but the dream state is only a state in which Alice can can, uh, can can defend herself with her dream master abilities. And Freddy lives in the dream world, so the whole dreamscape is controlled by him. <laughs> no, it's pretty simple. Her baby's dreaming. We're not sure exactly what its definitive powers are, but it is definitely dreaming. And Freddy has been taking advantage of this fact. And Even though Alice has only recently discovered that Jacob, this boy that she's been seeing, is actually her baby. And that's where you could get the argument that the baby does have dream powers because uh, Jacob is interacting with the dream and it looks like he's using some sort of influence at some point. He could have extra dream powers, like her dream powers plus some more. Well, it is a two-week-year-old fetus having full-on conscious conversations with its mother. Mm -hmm. yeah, Jacob it's Skywalker. It's advanced. <laughs> Jacob Skywalker. Right. So because of all this freaking out, Dr. Moore, he's a fucking traitor. He breaks HIPAA. Absolutely does. Calls straight home. To, to Dan, Dan's parents. To Dan's parents. Not Alice's dad. Dan's parents. Yeah. yeah. What a douche. Because it's like, you know, y'all might want to do something about this crazy bitch. And I think y'all are the only people that can help. The dead, taking the baby away. The dead father's parents who have no legal right to this child whatsoever let's call them yep fucking dickhead let's do that and this is great because i want to get to this scene um uh, mark busts they were in alice's room she's hanging out she's got that weird fucking pants plant 
Yeah, the the blue jeans <laughs> pants potted plant thing. Yeah, w- weird. Um, Mark uh, Yvonne is there. You know, she's still not putting up with this shit. She's tired of this shit. Why were you so crazy? The ultrasound, goddammit. Mark Burson, he's got documents. He's got fucking documents. He's got a ton of fucking paperwork. History like, from the past. He's been in the library for days. Libraries. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, did we just gloss did we just gloss over the parents of Dan trying to nope, get this? No, 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 that's what we're building up to. Okay. And Yvonne takes off. She's tired of this shit. She can't handle it anymore. She takes off. I bet Mark wished he had also taken off what Yvonne did. Because then Alice gets called downstairs. No, no, no. Mark has that conversation with Alice. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's like, uh, have you ever thought of maybe just not having the baby? Like, that's an option. Mm -hmm. So, abortion. You do have stairs in this house. (laughs) Bottle of whiskey, flood of stairs. Uh, he's abortion, like, abortion rearing his head. He's yeah. like un, untwisting a coat hanger. Like, have you ever thought? I mean, we can. <laughs> all do we have this. to do is kill this baby, and then I don't have to worry about me dying every time I close my eyes. <laughs> I mean, I'm really squirmish around blood, so you're gonna have to do this without me. But here's here's how you can do it. Dan Alice oh. gets called downstairs. Yep. Oh shit! Dan's parents are there. What's going on? Alice, we want to talk about your baby. We think that because you're a hysterical young woman who's completely irresponsible and shakes a lot, that we should just steal your baby once you have it, basically, and raise it as our own without ever letting you into its life. Right. Try to start off nicely and be like, you know, maybe it's going to be a lot for you to handle. You're young. You're a single parent. You know, you're dealing with a bunch of stress because that guy you were dating just died, you know, <laughs> who is also their son, which you think maybe they'd be under some stress, but whatever. She's stressed out and maybe she cannot take care of her child, but they can. And she's like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? <laughs> she doesn't even get it. She's like, what do you mean? And they just they just tell her straight up, oh, Dr. Moore called us. Yeah. Yes. So Dr. Moore is... Uh, Fire. He's, he's in some Fire. fucking trouble. Like, he's getting his licenses revoked. He's no longer a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Alice's dad needs to get all over that. I mean, the lawsuits are happening. And they threaten, speaking of lawsuits, they threaten a lawsuit. They're like, we'll take legal action if we have to, you crazy bitch. And Mark's eyes are just glued to the floor. <laughs> Yo. How embarrassing. <laughs> you can see him. He's like at the edge of every scene in that whole play out, just trying to like, just silk skulk down a little bit lower his shoulders and kind of blend into the background finally it's over they take off he should have just tapped her right on the shoulder and be like alice remember that coat hanger Mm -hmm. we can go take care of this right now (laughs) remember my earlier idea wink wink but good old alice's dad turned a new leaf no longer drinking he's like all right i'm supposed to support her okay um y'all are tripping (laughs) even though i'm pretty sure he was talking to them before and like he may have had some vague idea of what they wanted Group consensus, is the child better off with Dan's parents? And that's what the state would have to decide. <laughs> uh, I say no. This is a be killed in your dream kind of world. And uh, Alice is the best protection in that kind of world. It's like, I don't know, she's kind of bringing on this whole bringing the killing from the dreams kind of thing going on. So maybe if you grew up with some normal people, it'd be normal. Uh, I'm going say, say, to say Alice's dad. Is is probably the best to take care of it because okay he stopped drinking he's in okay. AA turnover yeah, new and he has all this new Doctor Moore lawsuit money <laughs> to raise the kid with yeah but you know recovering alcoholics are hard to trust mm-hmm. Nathan you feel like you want to weigh in on this on this um I, 
I think Alice is a crazy bitch, and she kills everyone around her. Mm -hmm. And I think worst case scenario, if the kid does end up having Dream Master abilities, worst case scenario, she ends up taking out Dan's parents, or Jacob ends up taking out Dan's parents in some way, um, as using Freddy as a vehicle. But if you can somehow separate Jacob from Alice's craziness and uh, let him live a normal life and come up, you know, maybe be the quarterback in high school, you let that happen. That you uh, that you engage that idea. So he stays with Alice. Worst case scenario, him and Alice dies. He stays with Dan's parents. Worst case scenario, Dan's parents die. And then well, they seem they seem kind of douchey. So if they were to die, so what? You know. But I think uh, Alice is a crazy bitch, and um, not that, she's, she's like not even that interesting of a character to continue on past this movie, even though she doesn't die. So I would say that Dan's parents have have some sort of uh, value here for the child. They had a valid point, too, when they're bringing up that she's 17, 18, whatever, just graduated from high school, works at a diner, and her fiancé to be her boyfriend or whatever just died. She's got the distress going on, all this craziness going on, and they're like, maybe you're not in the right place to raise a child. But did they ever give the option of like giving it back to her later? <laughs> no, see, that's Even for she... like a little while, you know? And she runs around, you know, talking about people dying in their dreams and stuff like that. So. Right, which the which her dad knows completely to be true and never backs her up on it. No. He right. always no one, stays quiet no on that. And one puts her in jail when she's found with Mark who's, when, when he dies. But, I mean, these movies are stepping backwards. In the first movie, when someone was found in the same room as someone else who died, they had to be, you know, they had to be held accountable for something. They had to be put in jail. Now... They're like, oh, you didn't kill him? Okay, go ahead. Do do your thing. We're okay here. Yeah, I noticed that too. Law enforcement has no authority in these movies. Yeah, it is really taking a step back. So we have Alice and Mark talking again, and Mark goes into the history of Amanda. Yeah, he's found this shit. Yes, that's right, yes. Mark has found out lots of stuff about Amanda. Apparently she had the baby at the asylum where she worked. Um... Everything was kind of okay for a woman who has been raped hundreds of times and has a raped child and is raising that child in the asylum that she still works at where she was raped. She was raped. <laughs> yeah. Until her son grows up and murders a bunch of children and then gets let off of his trial on a technicality mm-hmm. and then she kills herself. Allegedly. But the body was never found so it's an empty grave with a memorial stone. Mm-hmm. That's... That covers it, right? That's the story of Amanda. That's the story of Amanda. That's what Mark finds out. And now he's all into like the part about unearthing her or remains. Binding her earthly remains. Mm-hmm. With his Christian mythology book. With his Christian mythology book that looks just like a Bible. Yes. <laughs> and and that's when Alice finally snaps. She's like, Oh yeah. When I was in a dream like days and days ago before all these people died, uh, Amanda told me uh, to, she told me what to do. Wait, I had the answer the whole time. Had the answer the whole time, but I had to witness a couple people die first. One of them being the father of my child. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to have to head into this hospital in my dream to find out where Amanda's body is hidden. So I'm going to need you, Mark. This is very important. I'm going to need you, Mark, to stay awake and watch me. But better than you did last time. I'm just confused about this whole thing. And I, I would like to do a shout out to some to some user reviews because they're all very confused too. Nobody really seems to know where Amanda's 
role comes from in here and whether she's real or whether Freddy created her just to rebirth himself. And it seems like her coming to the conclusion that Amanda is the answer is... Uh, it's subject to the existence of Amanda in the dream at all and why she's there to begin with. And what she's the creator she of Freddy. She yeah. made him. Amanda is stuck him. in purgatory, which is roughly the same ethereal dimension as dreams and nightmares. Um, I think that the rules here with the whole gatekeepers of this and that and the dream worlds and, and none of it is, has had any consistency throughout the series and it's all a big you know just force feeding of of whatever like you really have to let go to enjoy these movies and i just simply can't let go enough to do that so i just get very confused and kind of write it off as nonsense anyway at the pool and yvonne does some diving and then promptly falls asleep in a jacuzzi just she was in there two seconds i like a light she fell asleep underwater yes very dangerous (laughs) so that was part of the dream I think because I asked that when it happened, I was like, "How did she go underwater and fall asleep?" It's like, no, that's actually part of the dream. She's like sitting there and she falls asleep, and the going under the water is part of yes. bullshit. Of yes. She nods so off above the water and then slips into the water. Oh, fine, mm-hmm. whatever. And I was gonna say that when she wakes up, she, you know, pulls herself out from under the water. But you just said she fell asleep and fell into the water, so I guess I can't say that anymore. <laughs> whatever. Now. Weird when out, weird when Yvonne is up there diving. The weird, like the diving board turns into like a big fleshy kind of claw thing. Yeah, and breaks apart, and she's kind of thrown off of the platform into this weird flail. The fan of the opera music kicks in really hard at this part, mm-hmm. and from the flail into a perfect dive <laughs> in the midair, she just kind of <laughs> collects herself and wonders why she's panicking so hard, and goes back into a perfect dive. The water empties out of the pool, except for a couple of puddles. She lands in the pool, travels through water into some weird, rusty room that's in the asylum. Yeah, big circle pool in the asylum. Right. Which is where Alice also is, doing a little bit of snoopy detective work, trying to find out where Amanda is. She finds Amanda at the top of a staircase that leads to a wall with a very obviously bricked hole. And it's really weird because... Freddy's voice is like just kind of floating in the nothingness and he's like rock and roll bitch yeah it just turns everything sideways and he makes Alice like roll along the wall into that room of where the water is and then Freddy comes and raises out of the water he does his cool little like spitting water out Mm -hmm. he's like raising up because he's a cool motherfucker that's exactly right Mm -hmm. very elaborate you know these death scenes seem to be very very elaborate they did. We have a very small body count, so they had to stretch the nightmares very long. But just just in terms of like the amount of time that they filmed this in, and comparing it to the other films, I don't know. I just um, like the other ones. They seem to be too contrived. You know, these ones were very thought out, and uh, like it's their their deaths aren't just deaths. Their deaths are complete sequences. Yes. Whereas in the other movies. It's very to the point. It's yeah, like very... like I was saying before, they took the like the cockroach death in part four and just turned that into like every death in this movie. Deaths are a lot more personalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Here's where and here's where Freddie all of a sudden has this affinity for calling everyone piggies and piglets, and 
pulls Yvonne out of the water. She's struggling, screaming. And Alice just goes into super aggressive alpha female mode, stabs Freddy through the mouth. You know, just straight through the mouth into the rusted side of whatever room that they're in. Yeah, I've done this before. She drags Yvonne out of the room into the hallway. Freddy goes to go after them, but then recognizes that they're in, like, the asylum area that Amanda likes to walk around in. Fuck that. (laughs) Yeah. And just closes himself off. Yeah, turns into a little bitch again. Runs away. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, so she hangs out. I gotta get out of here. And so, okay. Yvonne finally fucking gets it. Finally. Finally. You were telling the truth. Yeah. I believe you now. I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> and this is uh, Jonathan's favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> is what comes up next. Yeah, so Alice reminds Mark to stay awake while I'm off in the dream world trying to find Amanda. Just stay the fuck awake. And Mark, of course, falls fuck asleep again. And in his dream, he's going through the comics that are just right in front of him that I guess he was using to stay awake. He finds this new comic called Nightmares from Hell. Starts flipping through it. He's like, whoa, what the fuck? All this is shit that happened. And, you know, that looks like Dan. And is that a fiery car crash? And, oh, what what the fuck? Oh, this is all weird. And just gets sucked in. They, they do the take on me shit again. Mm-hmm. Turn him into a black and white cartoon character. Suck him into the comic book. And he is the only colorful thing in this world of just black and white. This like black and white paper world. Black, yeah, black and white paper world or whatever. Everything's black and white except for him. Even Freddy is black and white. So Freddy comes in, and he's skateboarding. Skateboarding Freddy. <laughs> skateboarding Freddy. And his skateboard has blades on it. Yeah, yeah, blades on the front that looked a lot like the the claws that were coming out of the diving board, right? So he's skateboarding down this little paper world that's kind of like a paper warehouse type thing. Yeah, it's and, just a paper version of the warehouse. Yeah. And and he's just clawing through, I, I guess what would be like support beams, steel and... support beams or whatever, but just clawing right through them. And right when you think he's about to attack Mark, he disappears. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Oh, it's just a freak out. It's a fake out, right? The whole paper world just falls down behind him. And all of a sudden, Freddy is up top, above Mark, with Piggy Greta. With, uh-huh. And now it's just a total Freddy <coughs> mindfuck for Mark. Hey, look what I did to the love of your life and all that shit. I forget exactly what he says, but it was... Yeah, and, and Greta has... Greta had the blood. She had all this blood on her stomach, which is confusing if you didn't know that she was supposed to have been eating her own guts earlier. So it just looks like she has this random thing on her stomach, and the the effect is so bad that when he scoops it with his with his blade, it like picks up the side of the 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 pad. dress, right? Yeah, or the blood pad or whatever. And it what was even more confusing about that is Freddy's got like food on his claw, and he's like wiping the blood from the stomach and eating it. Mm-hmm. He's like, mm. which makes total sense if they didn't cut out all that shit in Greta's death, but with that cut out. You have no idea why he's doing that. Like, you think he's doing that just to be gross. Right. Because it didn't tie into the previous death at all. And shoves Greta down to where Mark is. Greta cracks open, like, a little porcelain doll that was all around her room. Mm-hmm. And Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, wait a minute. So, this scene was also inconsistent and confusing? Yep. The scene, wow. yeah, because they had, they had to use him scooping blood off of Greta's stomach, but then they had to cut... Greta's bloody stomach from earlier in the film. Wait a minute. So we just assume that he's just hurt her now just for the sake of torturing Mark. 
Maybe the consistency of Nightmare on Elm Street films is that they are inconsistent and confusing. So you have Greta shattered in the porcelain doll mm-hmm. right in front of Mark, right at his feet. And fuck, Mark is pissed. Not going to take it anymore. Mark is pissed. And you know what? He just turns into a dream warrior. Into his dream warrior. He turns into his dream warrior. And and his dream power is he turns into the character that he draws, which is the Phantom Prowler. That's what it is. Phantom Prowler. Turns into the Phantom Prowler who... He's more human than me. Ten times. Ten times more human than me. It's a terrible Mm -hmm. name, too. Phantom Prowler. Oh, it's fucking god-awful. And okay. the only thing this Phantom Prowler does is shoot guns. He shoots guns. That's it. And he calls people limp, limp dick. Yeah, calls Freddy a limp dick and shoots him with pistols. And he's like he's like Mark with confidence. Yeah, too much confidence. Mark with a trench coat and shades and and, guns. and some weird like target thing in front of his eye. Yeah, is the I Phantom guess. Prowler what I'm like? Zooming, you know? Is that Mark shooting up a school? Is that who the Phantom Prowler is? <laughs> is that his fantasy? With a trench coat. And then- Big that's, guns. That's good. Sounds Mark like turns into the, one weird. of the Columbine shooters. And I and like when Freddy gets shot, it's confetti like flies out. Yeah. It's <laughs> like paper confetti that flies out of him, gets shot repeatedly, and then, oh, wait, Freddy's in charge of this shit, just like he was with Dream Warriors, and of your course. dream powers don't mean shit. <laughs> and right. here comes Super Freddy. Super Freddy. Super Freddy. Freddy. Fucking Freddy on steroids with the lightning bolt across his sweater Dude. and a cape. And a yeah, different actor. Capes. Playing bulky Freddy. Oh, it looked totally different. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. weird seeing someone else. It's weird. And I like bulky Freddy. I thought I think bulky Freddy should be the real Freddy. No, I kind of like slender, creepy Freddy. Mm-hmm. But no, I think Super Freddy's better. Right, super Freddy, super. who says more powerful than a loco madman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love those liners. <laughs> those one liners. <laughs> Have them all written Sup- down. Let's make sure we can get all of them out of here. Super Freddy's. Super Freddy. He's super. What are you going to do? Yep. Let's see. Uh, faster than a bastard maniac. More powerful than a loco madman. It's Super Freddy. <laughs> Jesus and, Christ. And Mark's Phantom Prowler character is now a paper Mark. A 2D paper Mark. Mm-hmm. All colorful like he was before. And Freddy just dices the fuck through him. Slice and dice. And all of his color just drains out into an ink pool at Mark's feet. Yep. And Freddy slices him the fuck up. Like, he goes Ali yes. on Mark. Yes, he totally Tommy Jarvis is in. He's, right. He, <laughs> he Jarvis the fuck out of Mark and turns him into shreds of nothing. Like so much so he's even like slicing through the confetti of Mark that's in the air, just because why not? There you go. So many questions. So many questions. Like, okay, so so Mark turned into Phantom Prowler because he he had had enough, right? Right. He'd had a, he'd had enough. So he fired off a few rounds at Super Freddy, and then what became scared enough to turn back into a paper thin comic book. Uh, Character? Phantom like, Prowler shoots up regular Freddy. Regular Freddy gets up as Super Freddy, mm-hmm. and Mark is now 2D Paper Mark. Okay, but where's the transition from from Phantom Prowler to 2D Paper Mark? What, Super what, what instigates that? Oh, just Super Freddy's presence. Yeah, it's, in, it's, it's Freddy's that. powers. <laughs> yes, that are growing oh. stronger. 
evermore Here that makes it to where his so-called little dream powers he's having there for a second didn't mean shit because Freddy's running the show. Yep. Yeah. So he slinks back, not just back to his regular form, but back to more pathetic even 2D paper form. Just like in Dream Warriors, no matter what your little dream power is, it doesn't fucking matter to Freddy. So yeah, let's back. just be straight. Freddy is omnipowerful or omnipowerful. Um... In every situation, except with the, uh, the the female character, which always lasts until the end and defeats him in some strange way, this is a consistency, right? Yes, Freddy has okay. one glaring weakness that the main female lead figures out. And we've done this how many times? This is the fifth installment of the franchise. Fifth, mm-hmm. fifth time that we've done the same uh, the same thing. Okay. All right. Well, there's your consistency, guys, right there. <laughs> All right. So Mark's I didn't dead. I understand half of what we just said right now. It's okay. <laughs> Nate just found consistency in the franchise. The world. I, think it's okay. I did hear a lot of that word. <laughs> it's okay. A lot of what <laughs> Nate says doesn't really matter. I'm doing my best to stay on his side, but he's such an obnoxious <laughs> prick like 90% of the time. He makes me hate him, and I can't stay on his side. But I can't defend this movie at the same time. So it's Daniel and Jasmine versus Nate versus Jonathan. Because <laughs> we're not on a team. <laughs> what? What am I supposed to do here? Okay, I'm sitting here listening to you guys, you know, t- just decorate this movie with things that it doesn't deserve. And I'm trying to find ways to punch holes in it, but uh, no, one's really, no one's really coming, stepping up to fight me here. You know, come on. Come on. <laughs> just, let's do this. Tired of knocking those same pins down all the time. Yvonne wakes up. Mark doesn't wake up. Nope. You see his bloody arm. Yes. Yeah, so he, so the damage has carried over from the dream world into the real world. Finally. And, um, <laughs> well, finally here we have an incident where someone is taking an injury on the outside of their body as opposed to internal bleeding. And... <sighs> Dan died. And the reason... That the cops do not decide to take <coughs> Alice into custody, and also Yvonne into custody, mm-hmm. who later shows who shows up at this in this scene in a red Volkswagen Bug. I think that's the most Ooh. frequent car in out of these movies. They come up in both franchises. Yep. Um, is that the cop who has obviously been out to this warehouse before? From what he says, is that it's amazing that this place didn't crumble before because it was never up to code. Mm-hmm. So the cop has just been waiting for this warehouse to collapse, which is what is considered the the cause of what killed Mark. They think it's the collapse. The warehouse collapsing? Yeah. So when Freddie goes through the paper warehouse in the dream, he was cutting through the warehouse in real life? Apparently he was actually cutting the beams in real life. And the only reason that they... It seems like all Freddie needs is just a version in the night, in the dream world of something in the real world in order to affect it. If Freddy was played his powers a little bit smarter, he could do some real fucking damage. Well, it seemed like it would have been better had they shown the actual warehouse collapsed in real life. Yes. Because they don't. They just show Mark's bloody arm on top of comic books. Yeah, and then just the cop saying what it was. And then the dad being like, well, this place is such a big piece of shit. Can I take my very, very suspicious daughter home now? And he's like, yeah, that's all right. No, he said, "Well, <laughs> we should take you. We should take you both in for questioning." Yeah, because like, she yeah. starts being all fucking crazy and spazzing out. What? Who are you talking about? Who's out to get you? Yeah, who? We, we need to take you in for questioning, and they just walk away. 
Dad's like, walk away. The whole movie, the dad is like not really spoken up. He's just kind of like stopped situations and been like, no, no. (laughs) Can we question your daughter? No. 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 Can we have your daughter's baby? No. (laughs) No. I find myself swimming around with what ifs a lot. I know what's coming and I ask myself a lot of questions about what they could have done better. And it always seems to fall back on on the principles of of, of defining how things are affected. So I I hear what you're saying, Jonathan, that you you stifle creativity, and I agree with you to a certain extent. But I also think that having a defined thing like how the real world affects the dream world isn't necessarily going to ruin creativity. It's going to help create continuity as well. So, I mean, you don't want to limit Freddy's power. Like, Freddy's, Freddy can continue to grow with power, and you can create reasons for why he becomes more powerful and becomes infinite, and whether that's through babies dreaming or, or dream masters or daydreamers or whatever you want to do. But if you just establish a few ground rules, like how the reality and dream world impact each other and how they dance with each other, if you just create a little bit of a world that, that doesn't have so many holes in it, it would... It would go a long way. Well, let's set up the end of the movie, all right? Mm -hmm. Because now we're coming to, okay, Yvonne's all in. Alice is our our heroine, and and we're following her. And so Yvonne is off in the real world to check out the asylum to where Amanda's remains might be. And Amanda is headed home to come and attack the problem from the dream world. Right, so two-pronged approach, very good strategy. I mean, if you're going to do it, you, you got to attack Freddy on his level and you got to attack Freddy in real life. We've already established that before, right? With Freddy's bones and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So we we see Yvonne in the asylum walking around, whatever. She finds the stairs that go to the brick wall. But at the bottom of the stairs, she just picks up some rebar. Just some rebar down just, there. Just yeah. flying around, right? Abandoned asylum, you find some rebar. So... Uh, awful fortuitous there and Alice comes across the stroller again right mm-hmm. but she does a lot of taunting of Freddy yeah she's she... running around the asylum by herself Freddy you piece of shit you fucking coward where the fuck are you and you're in Freddy's world right now we've had people taunt Freddy before and it didn't turn out so well no no Kincaid tried that shit yeah so but she has to taunt him extra hard because he doesn't want to come into the actual asylum part because of his mom. Because his mommy. Yeah. So she has to like really piss him off and he's like fine and he's like a little bit insecure, you know? A lot he's of like... He's bitch. He's not an offer. A lot of whoa faces from Freddy in this one. A lot of confused faces in the scene. And oh my God, kind of worried. Wonder what's going to happen next. Freddy, Freddy, you're right. Very insecure. I think he's like just as freaked out by his origin story as everybody else is because he kind of gets a whiff that those lunatics are in the room at the end of the hall, which is what distracts him when Alice runs up with the carriage and stabs him in the back. Mm -hmm. And she rolls him all the way down the hallway, down the stairs. He falls into that room with all the maniacs and they swarm him and he's freaked out. They start dismembering him, pulling his arm off. I was hoping for another rape scene. (laughs) I was. That's the real dream child as Freddy gets pregnant. (laughs) From the right? same lunatics that raped his mother? Uh, that would have been way better. And his body's ripped apart like uh, the scene in Natural Born Killers, if you mm. guys are familiar with that, with the prison scene at the end. Mm-hmm. And so after <coughs> Freddy's ripped apart... 
And <laughs> Alice is smug. She's like, haha, I guess that at least, you know, made him or put him back a couple of minutes. But no, he's immediately in the other room manipulating Jacob. In some, like, huge M.C. Escher version of the church. Yes. Yeah, like upstairs. Yeah, there's stairs on the like walls the, the and the upstairs, ceilings. downstairs, right? Yeah, totally M.C. Escher. Freddy's all fucked up. His arm is, like, dangling. It's been snapped off at the elbow. He's got, like, a hunchback. And his, like, his face isn't quite right. Yeah, again, wish they did a much better job with the special effects because this was kind of sad. Seeing Freddy's arm, like, tied off with, like, a piece of yarn or something. And then, obviously, the bottom half of the arm is, like, a dead limb. <laughs> yes. You know? It's like, ugh. Yeah, but... He's trying to convince Jacob to do a bunch of evil shit. You know, all Alice has to do is just yell some mommy crap at him, and he's gone, right? He mm-hmm. does he, he does the equivalent of punching Freddy in the balls running away. Yeah, it didn't take much. And so he's running up and down these sideways staircases on the ceiling. Freddy's trying to get him, and it's not really working. So finally, Freddy pulls a little trickery. Pulls a little trick. You know, who comes back? Introduces the little diner, little part of the diner back in, and Dan walks in. Hey, it's your real daddy. It's your jock daddy with not a burnt face. Right? But he can't stop himself from making that goddamn glove flick motion. Yeah. Which gives him away. And, um. You'd figure Freddy would be smarter than this. You know? Like, if you're. If you're gonna play someone else, don't do your normal Freddy motions. So Alice and Jake finally get away, and they end up on, like, a weird church disco floor it's it's the stained glass window it's the stained glass window okay that they're standing on it's all lit up and all the staircases lead to this one little platform and then they take this weird little sidestep where jacob is like you know freddy's not around alice is trying to figure out how to lure him out next and jacob's like oh he's inside you he's inside all of us he knows us so well from monitoring our dreams all the time like you can't just get rid of him. He's in you. And then they have this weird p- part terrible, part awesome, like dis Mo- separation uh, scene. Mostly terrible. Yeah, but I like when they have that. Their faces are globbed together in the middle with this indistinguishable tongues and teeth, and she's like she's like grabbing at it. Freddie is literally morphing out of her body. Like she turns around with cheap burn effects on her face, mm. and then from there, literally, it's a it's like a an homage to part two, Nathan, where Freddie comes bursting out of Jesse's skin. This is an homage to that, maybe metaphorically detaching him from her from his connection to her. You know, like I'm tired of you just inadvertently using me all the time to kill random groups of teenagers. Maybe I have is to like fair? pull you is out it- of me. Is it fair that the writing of this movie, from all the different versions that it went through, from the different writers and the treatments, and and maybe the you know, because it sounded like they would have kept doing treatments on it, and they would have kept adjusting the writing of it if they didn't have a deadline to start filming, because they congratulated the guy for pulling off the sharp deadline, right? It's almost mm-hmm. like they were pushing back the start date because they were trying to figure out where the film was going and in the end they just kind of accepted a convoluted metaphorically metaphoric metaphor filled um crazy dream ride right so yeah with how much treatment this thing had we're lucky it's coherent at all right (laughs) yeah can we come at it from that angle maybe give a little sympathy to nathan's detachment from this 
installment. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now, but now we're getting to the good stuff because now that Freddy is finally detached from whatever weird internal metaphorical world they were trying to build upon there, and Yvonne is freed Amanda. Yvonne has freed Amanda. She's burst through the wall. She was just chipping away at it with rebar. Suddenly, she's flying through the wall. Yeah, just fell through a whole bunch of bricks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there we go. Uh, those barred windows, apparently, ethereal spirits can't pass through there, <laughs> but they can pass through a hole in the wall. Amanda's freed. Thank you. She kind of like ha- she kind of terrifies Yvonne close to death, and yeah. then is like, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like screeching skeleton in your face. Oh, sorry, thank you. Yeah, sorry, didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah. Just used to that. Been a long time, you know. Right. Just trapped. Where are my manners? Then we're back over. Jacob doesn't really know what to do. His mom is grappling. They've got like weird effects where Freddy's legs are coming out of the back of Alice's legs. Yeah. And Amanda Kruger pops up at the top of one of the staircases. Jacob. You've got a pretty uh, fucked up intense power. <laughs> Alice will not triumph. Yeah, maybe you want to use it right now. And he's like, all right, let me manipulate Freddy a little bit. So he does the whole burn face trick. Right? Jacob turns around. He's got a little burn face on. He's like, hey, Freddy. Yeah, he does like some stupid little Freddy voice. He does a little Freddy voice. He's a little baby Freddy <laughs> voice. He's like, hey, Freddy, I'm tired of this bitch. I want to do fun stuff with you. What the fuck is Jacob's power, by the way? Being Jacob. Being a talking fetus. And just having a no, no, face. No, 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 no. Like, this is like the Incredibles, all right? Where nobody knows what Jack-Jack's power is until the end, and they realize that he's got every all fucking power. Yeah. He's all like all-powerful. Right. He's the Dream Master master. Mm-hmm. Well. He's, I mean, he's the Master Dream Master. Yeah, apparently it doesn't skip a generation. It just continues to evolve and become and more powerful. Exponentially, even. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. amplifies mm-hmm. This is this is Freddy's true adversary, Jacob. Yep. Is Jacob in the next movie? I don't know. But the reason that I like Freddy as the more skinny, slinkier, Weasley version is because when he's distracted, they do this side shot scene where Freddy is like kind of eyeballing this kid, like, can I tutor this kid? Mm-hmm. And he's he really wa- thinking about it. And he walks over and, <laughs> and like Robert England does like the Freddy walk like really well. Like, mm-hmm. I really like that scene where he slinks over to the kid because you're like, oh, no one else moves like that except for Robert England. That's why I like sl- uh, Slinky Skinny Freddy. But uh, it's just a trick. Amanda's like, go, vomit power, go. Yeah. And Jacob throws up his souls that he's been fed back into Freddy's body. Right, just right into his stomach area, chest, stomach area. Yeah, whatever. Gross, weird, fleshy, vomitous tentacle things are flying everywhere. And I, I swear up until Dream Master, eating souls was like a pretty good thing. It seemed like it, right? right? It gave you some strength. You had some soul pizza. Something to look forward to. Yeah. But those souls tear Freddy apart in part four. And then they come back and tear him apart again right here. They're pissed off. So souls, they yeah. aren't providing the nourishment that they once did. There's kind of been a U-turn on the whole soul-eating thing. I mean, it, it seems like a, a total double-edged sword because, one, they'll give you a whole bunch of power, but, two, they'll fucking tear you apart. They will tear you apart. Or, in this case, you, tear baby Freddy out of adult Freddy's body. That was gross. It was gross. Just slimy little fetus, fetus-like thing just and what, the and what was gross, too, is the soul of Greta... Oh, it was just like, yeah, it was like the plasticky, waxy cheek face that you guys were talking about. Mm-hmm. You just know? stretching at the end of that tentacle. But but what I thought was a nice little detail was the soul of Max 
was the uh, the Prowler, or Mark? Yeah, Mark. Yeah, he had his was, little hoodie on with his yeah, fighter and, goggles or and whatever. The fighter like thing in front of his eye, whatever. It was the Prowler. I thought that was a nice little touch because we only saw his cartoon character for like two seconds while he fired bullets into Freddy and then died. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the other head is <clears throat> the Dan's head from when he was the bike version of himself. That yeah. Weird like Mad Max flesh Frankenstein thing. Yeah. So now there's just babies, wet babies all over the floor. <laughs> because Freddy has been pulled out into his baby form. His little demon baby form. And Jacob, for some reason, has... He's, in reality, like a two-week-old fetus. But he's been represented in the dream world as like an eight-year-old boy named Jacob. Now he's reverted to a... Newborn baby? Newborn baby. And Amanda Kruger takes gross Freddy, but she picks him up by his wet, gross little ribcage. And she's like, come here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just grabs him and kind of like ethereally pushes him back, him back into her womb and you know she hates every second of that every second of it, it looks very painful Alice does the same thing it looks blissful for her yeah. she's like ah, she's like kind of engaging with just herself and how beautiful it felt she looks up at Amanda Kruger who's like sweating and crying yeah go and Amanda goes and locks herself away it's all she can do I like this. I mean, there's no, like, he's dead. It's just, I'm going to restrain him for as long as I can. But immediately after shoving him in there, like, Freddy's glove comes back out and, like, trying to get the fuck out of her. Mm-hmm. And just tears right through her stomach, right? So she's, there. like, fighting with Freddy's glove coming out and yep. all this shit. And all these doors, doors are slamming slams. and bursting open until one finally slams and seals shut. Right. But at least there's no, like, oh, he's dead. It's more like, well, he's locked away for how long? Yeah. I mean, he's obviously still alive. So then we have the happy ending. Well, yep. It's uh, Yvonne, Alice's dad, and Alice at the park, where the creepy jump rope kids are. And uh, Sweet Dreams, Jacob Daniel. Jacob Daniel. That's a, a strong middle name. Blonde, <laughs> bland, boring name. Strong. I'm glad they didn't go with Dan, like the dad. <laughs> I want the full name. Jacob Proper Danny. Name. Jacob Danny is better. Jakey Danny. Jakey Danny. He's, he's, but Danny with an I. It's Jake. Danny. It's not a firsty firsty or last. It's like a middly middly. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to grow up to be a big dumb jock. Just like his dad. Just like his daddy. Mm-hmm. Best quarterback in the state. Him and Tommy Jarvis are going to get together and oh, just go man. on a fucking spree. They're the Columbine kids. Let's make a nightmare <laughs> they, camp. They grow up to be the Columbine kids. Yep. They start a camp where they have like insomnia victims come out. Oh, that'd be so good. We need to get in touch with Wes Craven and, <laughs> and throw this at him. Mm-hmm. But it has the jump rope girls, so I can only assume that this is another one of Nathan's favorite scenes. And they're just they're just <laughs> hovering around Alice enjoying her new I baby. I should have never mentioned just staring anything. at her. Yvonne is there like her lesbian lover. I should have never said that I appreciated anything. <laughs> it never gets never gets forgotten. Because that was like genuine appreciation. The reason why he brings, keeps bringing it up is because I was genuinely appreciating things in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And I just, ever since then, things have just become... It's, been a, it's become a real struggle. Lesson learned, huh? Nate, well, I mean, I'm just I'm sitting shit. here reading the, the synopsis for the sixth film. Oh, don't do that. No, no, don't get ahead of us. I'm a little bit worried about... I'm, I'm more interested, honestly, I'm more interested in New Nightmare than I am the sixth film. The sixth film seems like 
a little bit ridiculous. Well, the sixth film was made because they noticed that people were tired of the series after this one did not do so well. I mean, it was financially successful, not critically so. And they're like, well, I guess it's time. We need one more to really kill him off. Let's do this. And that's pretty much what they did. Yeah. Billy hates his stepfather and his new home. This house has been empty since the Freddy Krueger thing. But he really likes the new neighbor. No one to take care of you. And when their wild party gets out of control, so does Daddy. Now he's the new head of the family. The honeymoon is over. On the next Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Nightmares. So let's do this stack. How did this stack? It's short. This is really short. Yeah, there's no sex. There's no, no, no sex, no nudity. I don't know. No nudity. Blurry. Was it was it triumphant? No. Yes. No. no. <laughs> how how Daniel, was this triumphant no. at all? Let's yeah, let's give Daniel the floor here. I want to hear why this movie is triumphant, please. Yeah. As a standalone, this movie has so much necessary understanding of the rules of the dream world that have come before, so I'm I'm willing to not say it's triumphant as a standalone. Within the franchise, absolutely. This is the lowest grossing movie of the franchise. How is that a triumph? Because You people... said so yourself they had to change things up after this because they realized that people were waning interest, and this movie was an indicator of that. Yes, so people obviously only have enough attention span for something like Friday the 13th. We don't really need to know much. Guy in a mask, stab, 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 we can all go home. This one you have to kind of be interested in dreams in the first place, have follow the long tangential lines of what rules make up existing within this world. People, you know, are just, they don't, aren't intelligent enough to keep up with a franchise of this caliber. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is an interesting point because if you go into this movie not seeing the previous, say, two movies, you'd have no fucking clue what the hell's going on. No. Not a clue whatsoever. And Demon babies and nuns and no God. Yeah. The only thing I liked about this movie was the Freddy origin story. Like that that was that was really the only thing. And Freddy's vindictive twisted way of showing Alice like all of her friends dying. But, I mean, that was it. Like, there was no real reason that Alice needed to have a baby at all. There was no real reason for Jacob at all. If they just turned this into, like, an origin story of Freddy and the way you get rid of him is by bringing his mom back, done. You could get rid of the whole baby thing altogether. Mm-hmm. This could have no. been a pretty no, 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 no. point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the rules here a little bit. This movie was not a triumph as a standalone, it was not a triumph for the franchise, but it did contain a triumph within itself. And that triumph was the idea, was the concept of a baby, of a, pre- of a pregnancy with, with Alice and the baby being in a dream state and that allowing Freddy access to her. Like, that was a very... That's cool. A very good idea. Like, I, I appreciate the creativity of that <laughs> idea and I think that that was a triumph within the movie. But that's the only good idea this movie had. Mm-hmm. It failed everywhere else. Jasmine? Um, I liked it. I think it's a triumph. I think that there was more Freddy. Although, 
maybe the public didn't agree <laughs> with that. There's, um, there's Triumph as just a movie and Triumph within the series. Um, not so much as a standalone, because, yeah, you're right. If you watch it alone, you wouldn't understand what's happening. You have to know what's going on in the series. You have to know who Alice is, especially since she's in the previous movie. And you have to know what's going on before you can go into it. So, like, if you watched it by itself, you'd be completely confused and not know what's going on. However, as part of the series, it makes a lot of sense because it shows a lot of the advancement of Freddy's powers and how he gets stronger every time and things change and develop, which leads to the next movie where you know something different is going to happen because you're like, how are his powers going to develop next time? That's what makes part of seeing the next one so exciting. What's he going to do this time? How does he adapt? What new powers do we discover? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I I could relent on the fact that maybe um, Freddy did... You know, flex his muscles in this movie a little bit and seem to be having a lot of fun with everything that happened um, and, and seem to be in control for the majority of the movie. So, well. I say, what was wrong with America in 1989? They didn't like I think, this movie. What's wrong with mm-hmm. it? <laughs> maybe, you could, maybe you could say that it was triumphant in its creative kills, which would lead us into creative kills. Because it did, it did do some... I mean, we mentioned it earlier, right? Like, he's gone are the... Gone are the glove kills, and more are the very elaborate sequences. They're not just death scenes anymore. They're full-on sequences. They sacrifice the body count to take us on some sort of dream journey. I do appreciate Dreamscape. I think this movie was confused and the writing was very, uh, I think, I think, yeah, what we were talking about before where the handing off from writer to writer to writer and the pressure to make the movie quickly created what this movie is. And, um, that happens, I think too often with, with all of these horror movies is the, there's too much pressure from a financial perspective and it isn't just this franchise, it's all of them. Mm-hmm. So. Kills, there are three. The Body Count movie is three. What? That yep. is the lowest one yet. Mm-hmm. There's only three kills? Yep, like three kills. You've got Dan, wow. you've got Greta, <laughs> and you've got Mark. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. Dan is dream, dream, dri- dream driven to a fatal crash. Greta is stuffed until she chokes to death, and Mark is shredded and de-inked. That's wild. And yeah, you don't really notice, do you? You just you don't really because you're just along for the ride, baby. And you know what's <laughs> fucked up is I don't even really count Dan because I mean he dies obviously, but I don't really count Freddy as killing Dan because nothing Freddy does in Dan's dream shows up in real life because you see Dan wake up behind the wheel of his truck right before he hits the semi. Mm-hmm. So. In my mind, Freddy didn't really do anything other than keep him asleep. He just tipped the dominoes and walked away? I mean, he just kept him asleep. Like, the whole motorcycle thing was pointless. The whole seatbelt thing was kind of pointless. You just had Dan asleep for a long time behind the wheel of a truck before he wakes up and sees he's going to crash into a semi. That's it. That's the that's the trick of that whole scene is it's so elaborate with him tearing his arm off and all the belts and bullshit that happens. But... Really, Freddy takes things way back to basic. And he's like, instead of using some elaborate dream thing to kill you with, I'm just going to keep you asleep while you're driving. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys want the timeline on this? Listen to this and see if this makes sense. I'm going to say it slowly. Part two was five years after one. Part three, within two years of two. Part four, within one year of three. Part five, within one year of four. And most were nine years from the events of the original movie. At the most. As far as creative kills, I'm going with Greta. 
It's my favorite. Stuff in her face. Because of what you know how the scene should have been? Uh, because of how it should have been. Yeah. And, and I don't really... think you can do that. I don't think you can do that. I call foul. Um, I think for creative kills, you have to go with Mark. There's, uh, I mean, stuffing her face full of food and dying isn't that creative, and being hit by a truck isn't that creative. Turning into a two-dimensional paper character and being origami to death, that's fucking creative. Tech, it's, tech, it's a technicality kind of thing. I mean, as a, as a technicality, I'm going with Mark. If we're yeah. if we're doing the whole dreamscape thing, I, I as much as I bitched about it before, the whole damn <laughs> dreams, dreamscape I thought was kind of cool. I love Freddy bike. Mm-hmm. The Freddy bike, like, going into his legs and arms and his overdrive (laughs) i mean it was cheesy as all fucking get out but you know it it was better than freddie the chef with (laughs) this with the spoon glove (laughs) even the there was four deaths in the first movie that was our lowest until now Hmm. pretty rare that you had to see the body count go down in the in the jason movies they're just crawling up and up and up and up and up yeah with the jason movies like each sequel it's like well we have to have more deaths than the one before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well that's kind of what that movie's about like this is this is where the nightmare on elm street series and the friday the 13th series differ so greatly is that friday the 13th is a very specific goal sex and death (laughs) sex and death and Friday the Thirteenth, or sorry, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street gets gets kind of caught up in its own. It's a little uh, more you know. pretentious. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the whole thing that I was bitching about this whole time is just you know how it's so inconsistent and convoluted with the whole dreamscape thing. That's it's it's issue, but it's also simultaneously, you know, what makes it what it is. To dream the impossible dream. To fight the unbeatable foe To bear with unbearable sorrow To run where the brave dare not go Okay, so I'm ready to talk about a meaningless bullshit movie for another couple of hours. Okay, let's go. <sighs> keep 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 me busy for a second. I'm going to go check on what's going on downstairs. All right. Nathan, are you joining my side? <laughs> I very well could be. This this is getting brutal. <laughs> this is getting really brutal. Yeah, no, it's getting harder and harder. This is what I this is what I was bidding. I mean, this is what I needed. Like I, as I'm going through this, like we're watching with subtitles, and I'm I'm not even really caring about people's names anymore because it doesn't matter. Yeah, see, it stops to be a thing. This whole watching old horror movies has lost its nostalgia, and you hit a wall and you say, okay, fuck this. This is ridiculous, right? I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, Nathan, do you know what I see this franchise like? You know how you and I would sometimes we would change, we exchange stories. I'd write a story, you'd continue it. You'd write a little bit and then give it back to me. I continue it. Remember how much fun it was to try and fuck over the other person with a cliffhanger <laughs> that seemed insurmountable, and then watching what the other person could come up with to come back from that. That's how that is that kind of joy is exactly how I approach these franchises.
you're weird and, and fucked up. Here, you sit in this pit with the rest of these weird and fucked up guys. 